WrestleMania is the be-all, end-all of what we do for a living. We work our entire careers to get to WrestleMania, to steal the show at WrestleMania. After 35 years to be in a very high-profile match at WrestleMania is a huge honor. You could almost immortalize yourself at WrestleMania in an instant. You make the most of every opportunity throughout the year to get to WrestleMania. You never know when it will be your last. A lot can happen in a year. A lot can happen in a year. Anything can happen in a year. Twists. Champions fell. Cena's helpless. Turns. Opportunists capitalized. Legends were dishonored. Your career is over. The unexpected superstars returned. Business just picked up. The unimaginable came to life. A lot can happen in a year. Anything can happen in a year. A lot has changed in one year. But tonight. Tonight. This is the bigger picture. Tonight is the culmination of a year's journey. Of a life's ambition. Of a career. Tonight. This is my this show. This is my destiny. 16 and 0. I don't lay down for anyone. 15 and 1. I will make bad weather for Mayweather. I will break your jaw this time. I'm the best fighter in the world. Tonight. Tonight. Tonight is WrestleMania. An event that cements legacy, affirms dominance, crowns champions, and creates immortals. WrestleMania. 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 Hey, yo, listen what I say, yo. I got your hey, yo. Now listen what I say, yo. When will I know that I really can go to the well once more? Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, what do you bring to us from the news desk in this last week of March, heading into WrestleMania 33? I know, we're heading out of town here in about three weeks, or three days actually. Ring of Honor talks. Sinclair denies the reports. I have some knowledge of Sinclair uh, from dealings with them. Yeah, very hot. World Wrestling Entertainment would like to purchase Ring of Honor, mainly for its tape library i imagine uh, yeah. i don't i don't see them actually continuing it on as a promotion which uh, would suck it would suck because that we've talked about it a million times when a wrestling company goes out of business it just it sucks for everybody yeah the only way i can see this deal getting done is if they do contractually agree to continue to produce this show because believe it or not uh sinclair makes money off of this ring of honor and they it's content that they own 
that they produce. It fills time on all their stations. Sinclair owns more local TV stations in this country than anyone else. So this fills an hour of their time every day of their own content for free, basically. Well, Sinclair is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, TV station, TV corporation out there, right? Yeah, of local of local TV stations. Okay, so, I mean, they're conglomerate already. So to get, you know, to lose something as massive as Ring of Honor, that that's a pretty big blow to them. Well, if it could be mutually beneficial to where, yeah, WWE owns it, but still produces it and gives it to Sinclair free of charge for a number of years, right? I could see that as a possibility. But other than that, I don't see that working out. No, and, not to just drop it cold turkey. That would really... Or to just sell a tape library, because without the tape library, what do you really have? Right. I mean, you do. there are some good talents in Ring of Honor, and you do have some equipment, but not... I mean, we've seen their shows. They're not... They don't have massive... It's not like buying the WCW inventory of, you know, props yeah. and A couple sets. years back, you were in a Ring of Honor ring, so... <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah. part of Ring of Honor pay-per-view, yeah. so... Well, I got cut from the DVD release, so well, it was very unfortunate. Live feed, you were in it. QT Marshall and my match did not make the cut. Well, it was actually QT Marshall versus Cheeseburger, who was at the last uh, yeah. pay-per-view, uh, still with the company. The guy I marked out for most of the Ring of Honor thing is Todd Sinclair, who's the referee. He's the only one, and as a referee, I'm sure you're aware of the work of Todd Sinclair. Uh, he, I am, yeah. He's their Earl Hebner, so he's the one that I actually... Re- he, when I went backstage, he was the only one I recognized right off the bat and I was like Todd Sinclair he's probably not used to people like going crazy for the referee but yeah Todd Sinclair well you know when you're as big as me and Todd that's just how it works <laughs> yeah when you so. run into famous referees I had to, I, I ended up signing the, the greatest referee of all time for this podcast exactly. so I, I lucked out we'll see where it goes I like I like we talked about earlier in some of the other retro wrestling podcasts if they do buy this tape library or if they buy any of these indie tape libraries uh, you're definitely going to see a price increase on the network. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like we've talked about that, and I still agree with you. Once you hit fourteen ninety nine, you can't go any higher. If you if you jump at five dollars and you go fourteen ninety nine, that's your max because nobody's going to pay except for hardcore wrestling fans more than 15 bucks a month. And the only way I would even consider paying 15 is if they made WrestleMania exclusive to that. If they go into tier pricing and make WrestleMania an exclusive at the $15 level or something like right. that, yeah. plus the Ring of Honor archives, plus everything else, then I would consider it. But otherwise, I think 11.99 for the like the Ring of Honor archives because all these old Ring of Honor guys are in the company now and so yeah. they've got all their history like Kevin Kevin Steen, AJ Styles, everybody, Samoa Joe. Yeah. All CM Punk before he was famous. Yeah. Tyler Seth, Black. Seth Rollins, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've got all these guys. The only thing is, and the problem with that is, is you're losing another wrestling promotion. So, there's going to be guys out of work. You're going to be jacking the price up on the WWE Network. And you're going to lose people because of that. The only thing that will save them it's like we've talked about. You put on their Shotgun Saturday Night, WCW Thunder. You put on the WCW Saturday Nights as well. You put on Saturday Night Main Event. Yeah, you're going to have to give us a lot more content you're have to, yeah. to justify. You can't just say, oh, we're Ring of Honor, and that justifies a $5 increase. You've right. got to really give us some major, you know, bring back the Legends Roundtable. Because that right there is worth $5 more, in my opinion. <laughs> well, for you, yes. Yes. Well, you love it, If they want $5 or more out of Patrick. Well, I'll just use your username and password, and I'll get it for free. That works for me, too, man. Not a problem. Just don't tell anybody. No. 
because WWE would never know that that is what people are doing out here, you know, just yeah. like Netflix and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, WWE, I can confirm, has reached out to Matt and Jeff Hardy with a contract opportunity, but there is nothing said more than that. So, we don't know if they actually signed, if they denied it. We don't know anything. Well, all I can confirm is they were offered a contract. What is true is that they don't have any indie dates booked after the start of April. So, they are open to come back. Everything's lined up perfectly, except... For the biggest piece of the thing, and that's the ownership of the broken Matt Hardy character, TNA, TNA got the Ring of Honor pay-per-view pulled from DirecTV by sending threatening legal letters to all the cable providers saying, if you have the Hardy boys on there, they can't be broken Matt and brother Nero. They can be Matt and Jeff Hardy because that's who they really are. Right. But they can't have that gimmick. Jeff Hardy has value as Jeff Hardy if he comes back into the company. So I think I think Matt does too to a to a degree. He has to still somehow work that broken Matt Hardy character in there. If he goes straight back as like Matt from 2000 V2.0. Yeah. V, V2. Oh, oh, yeah. If he's Matt Hardy version one or whatever, that crap. Well, I mean, no, he, he can't. He goes right back down to the His look shitter. can't even justify that anymore with the yeah. with the crazy hair and everything. But the WWE is a cautious enough company that they're not going to even walk and wade into those waters where it gets murky, where you say, that's pretty much broken Matt Hardy, even yeah. though you're not calling him that. Yeah. So until that whole thing gets settled, which apparently the TNA offered a settlement where they would receive royalties uh, from Broken Matt Hardy and Jeff for using these characters that they would get like 15% or something, which Reby Hardy did not find very amusing and uh, quickly shot that down. So yeah. until that whole gray area is resolved i don't think we're gonna see them on tv because why bring them back if you can't have them why bring matt back jeff okay but jeff yeah just a shot in the dark here i'd bring uh bring jeff back night after wrestlemania go ahead and sign the deal do what you gotta do have him be your surprise after wrestlemania monday night raw then start building as being there's a new face of the wyatt family and it be broken matt hardy and he opens up because you saw the whole the wyatt family crumble and you got that whole build with uh yeah randy orton burned randy down orton. the compound yeah so you got broken matt hardy and he can laugh and say you know what i was behind the whole thing maybe broken matt needs to let and bray then, wyatt into his compound right and then they and then they open the doors and brother nero oh i was right i need to you know and and they build into that character that would be a good idea. Uh, just it, a shot in the dark. It just depends on how long this this court this legal matter takes to get resolved, and then we can. Well, he's uh, he's married to Ruby Sky, right? Yeah, and so uh, and Dave now are fighting over her character as being like Miss Broken or whatever. Yeah, the whole family. The whole like, family. It's yeah, not just uh, it's not senior just, or whatever his name is. Right. Can't it's be not there just either. it's it's not just Matt Hardy. Yeah. That it's it, they're over, it's everything. Right. Vanguard one, all of it. But I mean, you're already. I'm already thinking the night after WrestleMania. Even if they don't get the Hardys on there, I think you're already getting Finn Balor, and I mean that's good enough. I think. I mean, because there's not a lot of returning stars that you can even book, or Kurt Angle being named GM, which is a a big rumor uh, yeah. that could happen the night after. 
those two things alone, I mean, if the Hardys are there, that'd be great too, but you don't really need that, I don't yeah. think. My good friend Jim Cornette is going to be inducting two of my other friends, the Rock and Roll Express, into the WWE Hall of Fame. No, and I am I am shocked <laughs> to see Cornette in any capacity in the WWE again. No, this justifies your ticket purchase, because honestly, I wasn't looking forward to this Hall of Fame ceremony, but then, yes. A live microphone. <laughs> and Jim on, Cornette. On live TV and Jim Cornette, that right there. Who had an unceremonious parting from the company that, 16 years ago. That right there gives you any and every basis humanly possible to want to either buy a ticket, watch, tune in live on the USA Network, whatever. It instantly became the mo- most looked forward to yeah. speech. Oh, who gives a shit about Kurt Angle? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, screw that. We want to hear what you know Cornette's going to say. But see, I'm I think he's going to play it safe. I mean, I think he's going to get a little risque, but he's going to keep it focused on the Rock and Roll Express. Here's one that I know you're going to have a little bit of a bitch fest about. Eric Bischoff is inducting DDP into. The WWE what? Hall of Fame. I didn't see that. Eric Bischoff will be inducting DDP into the <laughs> WWE why? Hall. why? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know either, man. Another friend, loved DDP to death. Dallas Page is an awesome guy. Does a lot, saved a lot of lives with his DDP yoga. But yes, Eric Bischoff is going to be the one inducting him. Well, honestly... Is that a safe move as a turn back from Cornette? Is it just like, oh, hey, we're kind of... Is that a... Is that a way to kind of weigh the odds? Well, if you remember Jake's speech, it was pretty sad. I mean, it got pretty dark. Right. Maybe they don't want to expose the darkness that much. They don't want to Well, and see, in my opinion, if you're going to do it, why not it be Scott Hall and Jake? It should be. Because that's the two that he really brought. You know, he he saved their lives. They're, let's not bullshit each other. Let's well, yeah. not joke around. Like, he really, they were knocking on the Grim Reaper's door, and he saved their lives. But we talk about it with this company all the time. They don't want bad publicity. They don't want the no. first 20 minutes of, I don't know where they've got DDP slotted in the, in the order. I hope he's later on. But they don't want to bum people out with... The sad story, and I know that they have happy endings because these these two guys are alive. You know, I mean, they were both inducted the same year as Ultimate Warrior, yeah. and uh, they're alive, and he's not. And yeah. so, but Jake's speech, especially, I mean, Scott Hall kept it so short. Scott with Hall's his speech, really and truly, Scott, that's perfect. Scott Hall's acceptance speech in character was a good like two three minutes it said all you needed to say perfect it was probably the greatest acceptance speech in hall of fame history well to be short and to the point say what you need to say see what you yeah exactly the inductor gives the should give all the preamble or whatever but jake's speech where he talks about his relationship with his father and stuff it got it got really dark well jake's had a hard life well i understand that but i that the bischoff pick yeah i I don't know i mean even kevin nash would be a better pick even kimberly page would be a great pick for that oh i don't see that one happening i know i know his ex-wife inducting him into the hall of fame is not going to happen i know but that'd be great but I, i that would be for true wcw fans that would be a good pick i would prefer it to be somebody like I don't know, Ric Flair. Mm. And, and and a WCW top... Or maybe top, Sting. Right. A WCW top guy that can say, you know what, I was in the ring with him night in and night out. He, you know, he worked his way you know up. Who, you know who DDP really needed? Who? 
Carl Malone. That would be awesome. <laughs> or Jay Leno. Yeah, who'd I don't a, think they're going to book either of those guys. But Who'd have thunk? But as much as DDP goes on and on about that Carl Malone match, that would have been perfect. Okay, well, the saddest moment in wrestling history is Hulk Hogan selling an arm uh, an arm bar to Jay Leno. Okay. okay. That's not Let's, sadder than David Arquette winning the world no, title. No, that, that I understand. We've made this David argument. David Arquette should induct DDP. Oh, there you go. Because they had a history from Ready to Rumble. Right. The greatest wrestling movie of all time. Which is on HBO Go right now. Is it? On HBO Go right now, not only is Ready to Rumble on there, but They Live is on there. So you've got two uh, wrestling movies. They Live is awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Natalia is going to be inducting Beth Phoenix. Whatever. Woohoo! All right. (laughs) I mean, it should be Edge, but he'll come out at the end. So Well, yeah, with their child, their two child. Or they're two children. Yeah, they're married. Star, yeah. So I mean, who else? I mean, Trish is uh, about to have a baby, so she can't do it. Lita's away from the company. Just got fired. We've made this argument, and I am going to 100% agree with you yet again. Why Beth Phoenix? Well, because it fills out. It fills out their card. Woman, minority, tag team, dead guy, mid card guy. Sable. Sable. Yeah, but Sable. Oh, you mean people that go in before oh, Beth yeah. Phoenix? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You've got Trish, Lita, Sonny. Sonny deserves it. Whoever the fuck says she doesn't kiss my ass. I mean, China. Okay, well, now you're reaching. What do you mean reaching? She was an intercontinental champion. Now you're reaching. I find that one very difficult to... I'm going to piss people off, but I do not think China should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. She's an intercontinental champion. She beat men. So did Beth Phoenix. She was the most over female wrestler in the history of the company. So did Beth Phoenix. Santino Morella does not count. She gr- she eliminated the great Holly from the, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, by a French kiss. Yes. She <laughs> kissed is- the man over the top rope, which was hilarious, by the I don't I don't know, man. Uh Johnny Lauer, I just don't Well, I don't see the company putting her in, but yeah, she's way more deserving than Beth Phoenix, but I think there's a lot more people deserving than Beth Phoenix though. That are female wrestlers? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, I Molly talking, Holly should be in there before Beth Phoenix. Mickey James. Well, but she's still active, so I she mean, should be given the speech then. Who was even? I mean, they, there's no one from this company that was even around when Beth Phoenix was wrestling that's still active with this company. Yeah, Mickey, and that's it. Though. Was Mickey around though Mickey in two thousand and? 2003, 2004, 2005, 2000. Yeah, she was. I, don't, I think she's gone already. No. Because Beth Phoenix was in this uh, pay-per-view we reviewed. She was in this pay-per-view. But Mickey James wasn't. Yes, yeah, she was. Oh, she was a Lumberjill? She was a Lumberjill. So there you go. That should be the inductor instead of uh, Natalia. Michelle McCool. Mrs. Taker will not be on stage for any. He rides first class. He makes her ride coach. So, yeah, it's know. true. True story. That is a true story. Another time, another story. Well, the company okay. pays for him to fly first. She was with the company, too. No, but time. it's in his contract. Contract. It's not in her. It's his wife. But he gets. But his ticket's free, and her ticket is free. Be a little thrifty, Patrick. If, if someone gives you two free plane tickets, I, sorry, you got second class. You're flying coach. It's your wife. We'll see each other when we get off the plane. That's kind of shitty. You have to. Admit. I'm sorry if it's free tickets. You know how male chauvinist that is. I'm gonna no, go sit first not. class, bitch. Get in the back. That's exactly how. No, it comes he should have given up the seat. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, that's all. But I'm then just... if he sat in coach, everybody'd be like, "Oh my god, the Undertaker's in coach." That they would is freak true. out because it'd be people like us that sitting is true. in coach, that is not true. in first class that have some, you know. Man, I fly first all the time. Oh, what yeah, are you talking exactly. about? Jet flying. That's right. Mick Foley got fired. He's got to go have his hip surgery. He's got to go so. have his hip surgery. I really thought they were going to. 
extended out past WrestleMania, though. Why do you think it came so early? Well, the rumor is to appoint a new GM after WrestleMania. So, okay. also, they probably need to tape another season of uh, Holy Foley. So, this that, is a good time to and tape. And Holy it. Foley is awesome, by the way. I know it's You not, need but to that's tune fine. in and watch it. I will it. never watch that. Thank you. You do. Going from one hip surgery to another, The Undertaker. He yeah. is reported it, that he is in chronic pain. And well, they say this every year. Well, before no. WrestleMania. No. He, um, he was, could barely get around backstage at Raw but was able to toughen up for the segment for the segment and get get out as quick as he could. So, at 52 years of age, are we going to see the Undertaker's last match? I think we're probably going to see him lose again. I hate to say it. It just all leads the fact that WrestleMania is in New Orleans next year naturally leads me to believe the rumor that Lesnar will meet Reigns in New Orleans. Not with Taker as the guest referee, but it's the two guys that beat the streak tech in the town where it first happened. Right. As far as it being his last match though, Patrick, the money that they would leave on the table. Now it's his decision. He when is he, 52 years old though. I know, it, well, and it's his decision to do what he wants, but if I'm Vince, I would have said to Taker a long time ago, if you ever decide to step away, you better give me X amount of time notice because we need to make some money. And Taker would make more money too. This pay-per-view would go instantly. I mean, to be honest, I don't think there's a lot of buzz around WrestleMania 33. Oh man, there's not. And I wanted to get into that later on. But And yeah. if if this was announced ahead of time... That this was Taker's last match. That this was a, a, a retirement stipulation. I mean, that he like could they still... Did, like they did with Flair. And, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Go on. Well, with Flair, I mean, everyone knew that was the end of the line. With yeah. the Hall of Fame induction and everything. If they put that stipulation in, even if Taker ends up winning, that closes the show. That makes people sign up for the network. That gets buzz around this event. So if he does retire after this, he did the company a great disservice by not informing them. And it's his decision. Right. Because, I mean, Austin didn't tell anybody before his last match with The Rock, other than Jim Ross, that this is probably it. And Which, so he left money on the table, too. Right. Not everyone wants the hero's send-off. No. And, and Taker's that type of guy. And so that's why... I feel like that he he go that route if he gets beat i definitely think it could be but it also leaves the door open for him to come back if he decide i mean because last year he left his gloves in the ring and that was a, everyone thought oh that's a sign he's yeah. done even though he won the match but he came back you never know with this guy tna impact and triple a had decided to join forces and be owned together as a joint company so they're going to both work with anthem yes to try to well they're actually going to joint promotion do shows from now on as well to try to pull in the latino crowd from mexico into watching tna and to try to pull the american crowd into watching triple a yeah and they want on canadian television for some reason yeah so uh, i don't understand that one either but and they can get on pop tv i guess sometimes but uh, uh, why not get on tv where we can actually watch it here in the united states well that'd make too much sense patrick this company has never made much sense and working with triple a uh, it went down the shitter when jeff jarrett walked out but you know let's just well, say. he's back now so i know all, and the ship has been righted alberto del rio cancels any and all WrestleCon and wrestlemania weekend appearances due to well good because i didn't want to go to his table anyway so well due to the hacking scandal yeah in which i want to talk about next the hacking scandal more women wrestlers have become involved in the hack the hacking scandal i know you have done your research well it's my duty as a reporter on the retro wrestling podcast to double check to make sure that the story is authentic most of it uh former employees other than summer ray who's still employed but never wrestles yeah uh don't store anything online ever 
or in a hard drive, they will be found. If you are halfway famous, if you are if you are in the public eye at all, don't always assume you're being taped. Always yeah. assume someone is watching because yeah. they probably are. And there are many different ways to go about getting this stuff, and they got it. And, I mean, once it's out there, it's out there forever. There's no taking it back. So, And rumors are that there's a lot more that they are just releasing specific women every couple of weeks and that they actually have some active roster you see every Monday night women in their portfolio you might want to call it that they're going to leak those women are victims and whoever is behind this if it's all the same guy he faces a lot of jail time when he's found oh man as soon as Vince gets through with him I guarantee you every single one of them will sue him too for slander yeah if it is one guy or one company you better pack up your shit and get out of the country because i'm telling you right now there's a lot of people wanting wanting a piece of you oh yeah don't mess with the money did you do your homework do you have anything more to add on uh that? well some of the some of the hacked photos were of women that had already posed in playboy so yeah. it's not like maria it's not exactly one like I, is one that i saw I, on the name yeah, right i i like she was in one of the matches we reviewed at wrestlemania 24 so if they've already done playboy they probably don't of the hacked things that i saw they were not like pages where they were so explicit but they were still i feel guilty for seeing them but i I had to see them, so oh. I just, well, I just, they were they were there. Okay. Well, I mean, I saw just the list, and uh, I saw Melina. Yeah. Maria. Victoria. Yeah. Summer Rae. Summer Rae. Caitlin. I don't remember Caitlin. See, we've talked about Caitlin before. I don't know who that see, is. Caitlin was one of my favorites. <laughs> of man. course that, it was. That is, I cannot believe that you I don't, don't know remember who, Caitlin. The way the Divas were treated in um, 2008, it's hard to even know anyone's name. That, that is, that's very true. <laughs> Am I wrong? Is there any more? Was there more? Was there as far as I as far as I know? I think that's I think that's. Did it. we say Melina? I think Melina yeah. was a part of. Okay. Unfortunately, we have a loss to talk about. Jim Ross's wife Vespa was, accident was hit on riding her Vespa and uh, didn't fr- have a helmet on. No. She fractured her skull in, in four or five places, and uh, less than probably 18, 19 hours, she ended up passing. So That's uh, terrible news for JR. This, it is, This poor man. guy can't catch a break. He can't. And and for the voice of wrestling, you think of They've guys, been married since, since 93. Which so a was long, a, a long wrestling marriage in and of itself. That's congratulations. Because if you're in the wrestling business, you don't last more than six months. I mean, when you look at... You know, everybody wants to say Gordon Sully was the greatest voice in wrestling. Hands down, far none, Jim Ross is the greatest voice in wrestling and has been treated like shit over the past few years and now on top of this as well. It's uh, it's a sad, sad note. It is sad, but to his credit, he's not canceling his WrestleCon no, stuff. No, he's his, not. Uh, his talk, he's going to be in Orlando for WrestleMania less than a week after his wife passes away, and, which is crazy to me. And he's doing a dinner. I sent you the the uh, the, um, the details of it, but he's doing a, a a dinner with Jim Cornette and Jim Ross. It's it's. I think it's like it's a yeah. It's like Jim and Jim. Something. Yeah, they yeah. called it like Jim and Jim Night Under the Hat or something like that. So uh, the night before the Hall of Fame, he's doing it Friday. So it's nuts, man. Or Thursday, I mean. So yeah, I can't imagine. And please, if you hear this before, don't go down there and tell the man the very first. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about your wife. Don't. Come on now. 
I I doubt he'll be taking very. I doubt he'll be taking a lot of questions. Well, I'm just saying. But like, have a, he's already. Well, he's having a heart by showing up for this thing. That's I what I'm canceled. saying. Don't yeah. Don't don't be a, don't be a moron and walk right up in there and say something stupid like that. Let you know we all understand. You've all had loved ones pass away. Don't be an idiot and do that. Kane is running for mayor of Knoxville. Knox County. He's going, he wants to be the county mayor. Yes. He wants to be the, uh, not the city mayor, but the county mayor. Well, he's going to be over the city as well. They're different. I mean, it's like we have a county mayor here and a city mayor. They just do different things. They're not, one doesn't have authority over the other. Well, yeah. They just do different things. No, he's a, he's been, he's been a big libertarian for a long time. And, uh, he, he's wanted to get into politics. He's always, he's sold insurance on the side for decades now. He's yeah. very smart guy and uh, he's been off TV a long time. So he's brilliant. He's practically a certified genius. So, I mean, he's, I think it, he would be a great pick. He's on, and it's only an hour and a half up the road from us here. So. Oh. I'd rather see him be a, a county mayor than a wrestler but at this oh, point. Oh, come on. He can serve the county better than he can serve wrestling fans. All right. And last but certainly not least, we need to do our predictions for WrestleMania. Well, let me pull up the card here as the card has changed. The card keeps changing, so bear with us. We're a week, a week from today. So we're seven days. From when we're taping this. We're seven days away from when we're taping this, ladies and gentlemen. I guarantee you this card will probably change six or seven more times. No, I think they have about three more matches to add. But from what we have right now... Our picks are... Andre the Giant, Battle Royal, I think that's uh, Braun Braun Strowman. Strowman. Triple Threat for the Raw Tag Titles. We have The Club versus Enzo and Cass versus Cesaro and Sheamus. I'm thinking they give the win to the babyfaces. Enzo and Cass get tag titles. I'm going with you on that one, too. Neville and Austin Aries. I think Neville retains. I think Austin Aries. The SmackDown Women's Belt, Alexa Bliss versus The Gauntlet. Every Every SmackDown Women's competitor is in this gauntlet match, which they still don't know specifically how it's going to go. I think Mickey James. If Naomi returns, I'm going to pick Naomi. If Naomi doesn't return, I pick Alexa Bliss to retain. I uh, See, I'm thinking a swerve Mickey James is going to turn on her. So I'm going with Mickey. All right. Intercontinental match, Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin, I think. Dean Ambrose. I'm going to go Baron Corbin, I think, gets the win here. Going for the underdog. All right. I think, I mean, this forklift thing. John Cena, Nikki Bella versus Miz and Maurice. All right, so we're going to get to see a wedding proposal. Now, does a wedding proposal happen after a win or after a loss? It happens after a win. I think it happens after a loss. Do you now? I do. You think Miz and Maurice are going to win? Maurice has some ring rust on her, but I think... I just think Miz and Maurice... I think are they p- going to win or do they deserve to win? That's the difference. Well, I mean, okay. considering Can't- Nikki Bella and John Cena didn't even acknowledge each other's existence on wrestling television outside of Total Divas and Total Bellas until, you know... till last month. Last month. <laughs> I just see a proposal making more sense after a loss, so that's why I'm going to pick Miz and Maurice to win here. Okay, well, I'm picking for uh, Cena and Nikki to, uh, to win, so we split there, too. Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. Jericho going away after WrestleMania to go back on tour with Fozzie, so I'm going to pick Kevin Owens there. Yeah, I got Owens, too. Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm going with Charlotte. It's at Orlando. It would make sense that Charlotte Flair get another title. This would be like her fifth reign already. Well, it's, only, it's only in the exact same venue her father you know, retired in. She'll probably wear that blue robe. Yeah. So we agree there. Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. I'm going with AJ. I think Shane McMahon wins. 
Do you now? He's due for a win after his loss to Well, they both lost last year at WrestleMania. Well, Shane lost. Also, he got eliminated at Survivor Series. Shane is due a win. You're right. <laughs> I'm going with AJ, though. Okay. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Taker. We've discussed that. Well, you can bet with your heart. I'm betting with the house money. Roman Reigns, buddy. Taker. All the way. If if uh, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you are at WrestleMania 33 and Roman, Roman Reigns wins, we riot. I don't think there's a lot of rioting going to be happening in Camping World Stadium, but we'll see. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. All right. Now, here's the one we want to talk about. Well, do you want to then Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton first? Okay. I got Bray. I think Bray should retain as well. Okay. Okay. Now, Goldberg Lesnar. 13 years in the making. 13 years since their... Epic encounter. Epic WrestleMania 20 encounter. Your pick last last week, by the way. Who who do you think's going to go? Who do you think... Well, Lesnar's got a year left on his deal, so, I mean, Lesnar can't lose again to this guy. I'm going with Goldberg. <laughs> wow, that is going to be pretty wild. I'm going so far out there on a limb, it's going to shock and awe everyone. Goldberg? He's going to do it in a minute 22 again? No. Lesnar owns the entire match. Spear, Jack, Hammer... Lesnar kicks out right at the three. You have an argument. Did he actually pin him for a three count or not? Just like they did with Hogan Andre WrestleMania three. Or Hogan Warrior. And you build the whole damn thing up to have one more giant blow off because WWE is all about riding this stupid storyline and feeding us these two men together down our throats over and over again. You when do you want a- their rematch? At Backlash or whatever the next thing is? Or mm, SummerSlam. You're gonna we're gonna deal with this another six months? No, we can't do that they are not going to goldberg goldberg the 30 day clause for a rematch goldberg has to put that title up against other people you know yeah but it doesn't have to be lesnar well kevin owens is do a rematch right goldberg loses lesnar calls makes him to lose lose the title and that adds fuel more fuel to the fire and you just cost me to lose my my last run as champion so does lesnar goldberg go on last Lesnar Goldberg goes on last. Okay. You got you're gonna have Taker, then you're gonna have Lesnar Goldberg. Your title matches I uh, sad to say one of your title matches might actually be kicking this thing off. Uh, I think Enzo and Cass will kick off the pay per view. Alright. Yeah, some of these will probably well see those those are twelve matches. I think you probably need three for the pre show, so you're gonna get random Fandango Tyler Breeze matches. You're going to get the Ascension. You're going to get the Villains. The crap gonna... nobody cares about. I was going to say Jack Swagger, but uh, he just oh, got it. Oh, Sorry, on. no. Uh, you had to hit a nerve there, dude. Kurt Hawkins. You're going to get a Kurt Hawkins match in there. Okay, so... Wh- Some of those guys long, are wrestling at access. How long does Kurt Hawkins have left before he is out? <laughs> Let's just because that's probably, where the real that's where the real discussion is. Probably on the pre-show you'll have a six-man cruiserweight tag because you got to get work all these guys. Yeah, in. you got to work the three hundred five or the two hundred five people in. So is that it from the news desk and the picks? That's all I got, brother. We'll be in Orlando next week for WrestleMania thirty-three, which was also the site of your pick for this week, WrestleMania twenty-four. It was called the biggest WrestleMania under the sun. Unfortunately, the sun never came out for WrestleMania twenty-four. If you noticed, it was cloudy and rainy. It's probably going to rain this year. Which stinks in an outdoor venue with no retractable roof. We're going to be sitting in the rain. And in the nosebleeds where they have a tent thing over all the lighting rig. Did you notice that at WrestleMania yes, 24? Yeah, we are going to have great views. I'm we afraid are straight up going to be... This could be our very last podcast. We could be <laughs> dead after this one. Well, we'll have one on Saturday if I can get it published by Sunday. So our second okay. to last one. Our second to last one. The theme songs for this year, Light It Up by Rev Theory. Snow, Hey Oh by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And of course for the Ric Flair tribute video, Leave the Memories Alone by Fuel. It really takes you back. It does, man. 
It's beautiful. The attendance for this event, 74,635 people. Over a million people bought this thing on pay-per-view. Do we break that record this year? Yes, of course. You think we do, actually? In reality or in WWE I'm talking about venue. The venue. No. We will not. But they will say we did, you think, so it'll okay. make you feel good. Because I, I feel like Flair's last match is what's going to draw more people into the fact that we don't we don't end up passing it this year, per se. Oh, we won't legitimately pass it, I don't think at all. The ticket prices alone, Patrick, like I was telling you, for the nosebleeds, I paid over $100 a ticket for nosebleeds. Ringside was like, what, three or four grand a piece? That alone is going to keep a lot of people away. It just is. I mean, yeah, you get to take home your chair if you sit ringside. I'm not paying three grand to sit in a chair for four and a half hours. It'll be the nicest damn folding chair you ever had. Damn straight, right? So there you go. Well, we missed the dark match. This was when, remember when they did dark matches exclusive for the DVD release, Patrick? What? You know this. I do know this. Because you had to have a battle royal to determine who was going to face the ECW champion, Chavo Guerrero, later in the night. Kane emerged victorious by eliminating Mark Henry. So he will be facing Chavito tonight for the ECW title in what should be a thrilling 60-minute Iron Man match. Oh, my pick's on Chavo all the way. So WrestleMania 24 opens. It's windy and rainy despite being under the sun. You notice they use a sun logo again this year. So we're just recycling logos now, basically. Except they dropped the numbers. Now it's just WrestleMania and a sunshine. Vince doesn't want WrestleMania to sound old. That's the whole point. I know. Exactly, Patrick. Yeah. Once Vince is gone, I think we'll see the numbers come back. It didn't hurt the Super Bowl when he did it. Right. And it it and adds prestige to it. We get a jet flyover, and John Legend will sing America the Beautiful. And guess what, Patrick? I, I skipped fast it. forward it also. I know America the Beautiful. <laughs> Sorry. I like John Legend. He's got a great voice. This was actually a really good gift for them. They had two big stars on this show between John Legend and Kim Kardashian. I know you were happy to see Kim. Oh, what a great, what a great content provider she was for this show with her one backstage interview. And or maybe she had two. but No, she had one, and she had... She got out in the ring and announced the uh, the number of people in the arena. Oh, she announced the attendance. Yeah. Wow, and she probably got paid. Bought loads of money. Yeah. For doing for, very little work. For like, I don't know. Three minutes three worth. Three minutes worth. Probably made a million bucks. We so. get the WrestleMania opening promo. This is standard WrestleMania is the greatest promo I didn't really like this opening promo. I you, didn't either. You talked about how much you like the X7 one with Freddie Blassie, and we, we both talked about how much we liked the 20 one. Yeah. It was pretty good. This was bad. There just wasn't much to this one. No. It was just standard, oh, it's the biggest night of the year. I can't wait. A lot. Yeah. And then, oh, a lot can happen in a year, Patrick, from you know WrestleMania 23, which we've already reviewed. So we're, we're, we just jumped one year. A lot can happen in one year. The promo ends on Taker rolling his eyes in the back of his head, so that was uh, a big closer for the promo. Patrick, I know you got the pencil in your hand, Mr. Booker Man. I do. This was the wrong choice for the opening match. It's the Belfast Brawl, which is just a hardcore match. Pretty much. Between JBL and Fit Finley with Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle was the one that took the beating. Yeah, and he he didn't... He wasn't even a part of the damn match, and he got his ass handed to him. Well, and JBL didn't even get his comeuppance. He was outmanned. He was a man and a half versus JBL. Couldn't beat JBL in this match, if you think about it. That's true. The fact that Hornswoggle was a surprise, like, oh, he's back from injury, like... Yeah. You think, oh, that he's going to play a part in the... the no. He that just trash, got his ass kicked. That trash can throw, though, that was brutal. This is the culmination of, whoa, what an amazing storyline where Vince thought Hornswoggle was his son because they look so much alike, Patrick. 
I believed it. Well, JBL told Vince the truth that it's actually Finley's son. No. <laughs> Who would thought the two guys with white hair that are both Irish are related? Well, Irish in storyline, Hornswoggle. But anyway, so there we go. I just re- Finley actually is Irish. Yeah, though. he is, but... Yeah. And he's got an actual son who wrestles in New Japan. Does he really? Yeah, Dave Finley. I didn't know that. Yeah. So. I didn't think they were actually related. I thought he just recycled the name. I uh, know. So. That's, his, that's his boy. And Finley was shown backstage a couple weeks ago on Raw, or on yeah. SmackDown. Oh, the SmackDown, the AJ Styles but attack. I, yeah, with AJ, it was uh, Michael Hayes, Road Dogg, and Finley. So. so, yeah, Finley's still backstage. I just wrote, who cares when it comes to the build for this match? Because who really does care? Nobody. Actually, JBL's out first, so I immediately wanted to skip this match when I heard that cowbell ring. I hate JBL. <laughs> that stupid-ass limo. Yeah, and that limo with the cow horns on it. Yes. Which didn't even take him all the way to the ring. He still had to walk the ramp. And this was a long-ass ramp. Yes. As Charles Robinson can attest to later in the night when he had to run the entire length of the ramp. As a referee, Patrick, this is... Imagine if you you would have been gassed out. Hell yeah, that's a long run. So Finley is out next, who then turns to the back and hornswoggle. Who actually gets a pop from the crowd for oh, returning. Yeah, one of the loudest pops of the night. <laughs> one of the loudest pops of the night. Exactly. For this for this one reveal. But then it goes silent. Because this Belfast brawl, like I say, is just a hardcore match. You, can, you only can pin inside the ring. And it's got the Belfast bruiser in it. So that's why... It's a Belfast. And a shillelagh. Oh, the shillelagh, of course. Yeah, the weapon Which of choice. Which never came into works for this match at all. He did hit him once with it. Did he? He probably no-sold it, but yeah, he did He did use it once. If anybody doesn't know what a shillelagh is... It's just a stick. No, it's a little bit more than that. Well, it's in hard, WWE it's Universe, than... it's a big, hard stick. It's, it's a lot more than that. Ayo. But, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... I know you... <laughs> cut that shit. Go on. As soon as the match starts, of course, it's time to get some plunder. Kendo sticks and some garbage cans. Some plunder, baby. He tosses it into the ring, only to... Imagine that. JBL just picks it up and smacks him in the face with it. Right. So then he takes a baking sheet and smacks Finley with that. Then we go to get the stairs. JBL does. He brings them into the ring. Tries a pile driver, but Finley counters with a back body drop. Finley smacks JBL a few times with the baking sheet. Hornswoggle interferes and hits JBL with a kendo stick, and that would be the all his offense that Hornswoggle gets in. Finley hits a shillelagh shot to the face of JBL. This is the where he uses the shillelagh. Finley gets a table and mounts it in the corner. JBL smacks Hornswoggle. Then Finley tries a suicide dive and gets hit with a garbage can lid for his trouble. That was a his... stiff shot. And yeah. the only thing that reminded me of it was if you go back to Royal Rumble 2001... Oh, yeah. Benoit, Chris Benoit in the Benoit chair. Benoit Jericho. Yeah, Benoit with the chair shot. That was almost identical. Finley throws JBL through the table, then covers, gets a two count. Finley tries to smash JBL with the stairs, but JBL hits him in the ankles with the kendo stick. We get a clothesline from Helen. JBL wins. Whatever. This match went 8-43. JBL just wanders off without assaulting Finley or Hornswoggle and just walks to the back. I enjoyed this match. This match sucked. I enjoyed this match. I really... This should have been scratched completely. I really... I did enjoy this match. This is a TV match. I'm not saying it's not a TV match. I enjoyed this match. That's all I'm saying. It was just plunder matches with no point to them. I just... I don't... The clothesline from hell even looked shitty because Finley couldn't do the backflip on it, you know, to make it look real intense. So, whatever. I say this should have got cut because the ECW match later on should have probably had a little bit more time given to it. The uh, ECW title What are you talking about? It went 60 minutes. 
of course. Kim Kardashian is backstage and is our guest hostess, and she introduces the Money in the Bank ladder match. She's interrupted, though, by King Kennedy. Says he won the match before, and he's going to do it again. Mr. Kennedy! John Kennedy! John Morrison is out first. He's half of the tag champs, just to show you how little those titles mean. Carlito's out next. His stock had taken quite a hit by now. He was on the pre-show the year before with Flair. Shelton Benjamin gets pyro and is out in golden shorts and silver hair. He kind of looks like the old artist Cisco. That's before your time. Thong song. You remember Cisco? I do remember Cisco. Okay, actually. He, that's what he looks like. I call him the annual loser of the Money in the Bank ladder matches because he always has the best performance in the match and always loses. You know if Shelton Benjamin's in a Money in the Bank ladder match, you are going to get one of the greatest spectacular spots in a ladder match history. And he's guaranteed to lose. And he's going to lose because he's that spot is going to take him out. CM Punk is out to a decent reaction. All three commentary teams are introducing their brand stars. So we get Taz and Joey Styles with ECW. Coach. Ugh. Coach is a commentator on SmackDown with Michael Cole. What a dream team. And then, of course, JR and King have Raw. King Kennedy's out next. MVP is out next. Place is totally silent for him. He's the U.S. title holder. He's had it for over a year, so that's how far that title had fallen. What a unique turn of events. Last year, he's wrestling Chris Benoit and winning the United States Heavyweight No, he title. lost it. Now, he won it shortly thereafter. Okay. Kept it. Chris was no longer with us at this point, right? That's correct. Okay. But we would see a Crippler crossface later in the night, yes. which is very yeah. odd, especially who was doing the move. Yes. Y2J is out next. He's got short hair and he's wearing pants. He actually looks okay. He's the Intercontinental Champ. Which sucks, really. And out of this entire group, in 2017, he's the only active in-ring competitor still with this company. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Morrison, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Carlito, King Kennedy, CM Punk. <laughs> Holy shit. Out of this entire pay-per-view, only four people are still on the active roster. Four. <laughs> yeah. Well, just out of these four. out of these first two matches so far, it's just Jericho that's actually still in the ring. Taker, Jericho, Triple H, Randy Orton. Randy Orton, Cena. Big so show. five. Big, Big show. show six. six. A six. My bad. I forgot to. Six. Out of this whole 13 match card yeah only six people just nine years ago and it's yeah exactly just nine years ago they start the match right away by doing the smart thing the video game move go out and get the ladders exactly just try to win the match just like in a cage match, you should just go right for the top of the cage. And CM Punk stays in the ring. And no, the, MVP. Or MVP, sorry. Like MVP an idiot. stays in the ring, and the first one to slide it in, he just steals it from him and tries to climb. But it's a small ladder. They slid MVP in a small ladder, so he just uses it's it as a... painter's a, ladder. So some referee, some Patrick Young, gotten a little money slipped in his pocket and slipped in a short ladder. Hey, money talks, bullshit walks. What can I say? It wasn't a hornswoggle size ladder, though. It was a little no, bit bigger. No, it was a little bit bigger than hornswoggle. So Y2J and MVP have a ladder joust, and then MVP gets knocked out of the ring. Morrison does a moonsault to the outside of the ring holding the little ladder. Okay, now let's spend time on this. This ladder is, yes, eight feet. To do a moonsault in and of itself to the outside from the top turnbuckle is scary enough. It's scary enough. Hoping and praying that these four other men are going to catch you is scary enough. To be holding and pull a, a 
steel ladder and pull off this move is impressive as hell. Well, and not smash all the guys with oh, the ladder on the way and not kill himself in the process because he has nothing but the ladder to land on. <laughs> A wonderful ending that would have been. Face first, yeah. Kennedy goes for the uh, ladder in the middle of the ring, but uh, Jericho cuts him off. Morrison uses another ladder, and so now all four are on top of ladders fighting. Shelton sets up another ladder, and now all three that are remaining on the ladders brawl. Morrison and Kennedy are fighting for the briefcase, so while they're doing that, Shelton Benjamin power bombs them while they were going for a suplex, so it's like a power bombplex he, he, from the top of the ladder. He does he a sunset, sunset flip, grabs him, holds his legs, pulls him down as a power bomb, and then as he's pulling him down with a power bomb, you get the super bomb. And so and he's doing a vertical suplex. So yeah. And this was Shelton Benjamin, of course, of course, doing a super move. Yeah, Shelton Benjamin. This is one of the reasons why I think he's one of the most gifted athletes in wrestling. So Shelton does this, goes for the briefcase, but Carlito knocks him off pretty violently. Punk hits the GTS on Shelton Benjamin and climbs the ladder before Ken Kennedy takes him out. Carlito takes out MVP with a ladder to the knee. Then Shelton tries for the briefcase but gets tipped off the ladder out of the ring and through a ladder that was propped up between the guardrail and the ring, which we've seen a million times now in these matches. But at this point in time, though, relatively was, fresh. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, that's it for him for the night. He, gets was, taken he out. was done. But we got two huge spots out of it. Yeah, it's just a shame the company never did anything with him. Is okay. I'm glad you said that. Now that his shoulder has healed back up, do you think they're going to finally re sign Shelton Benjamin? Maybe for NXT. He'll, he'll have to go. Oh, that's bullshit. Sorry. It's just how it goes. Jericho puts the walls of Jericho on Morrison on the ladder, a, a, a move that he's done a few times in ladder matches. He did with Benoit, as a matter of fact, yeah. Carlito hits a backstabber in that Royal Rumble match. That we Royal Rumble, talking. yeah. Carlito hits a backstabber to Jericho off the ladder. Now everyone is down except MVP, who gets booed. <laughs> but thankfully, Matt Hardy is our savior and runs in from the crowd and twists a fade off the ladder to MVP. Now, Patrick Young, referee... Yes. Matt Hardy. Yes. Could he have just grabbed the briefcase no. and won the match? No. Why? Because he's not a part of the match. <laughs> but if uh, isn't the holder of the briefcase, isn't that the winner? No. If that was to happen, the very first thing I would do is climb back up that ladder, hang that thing up, and restart the match. <laughs> wow. You are strict. I am. I call it right down the middle. Unless you slip me some money, then I'll go in your direction. Instead of going for the briefcase, he just leaves through the crowd. And that's your Matt Hardy made good payday for his night's work. Well, too. I wanna, is Matt Hardy actually with the company at this point in time? I know he was coming off of the heels of Edge, Lita, and all that. Yeah, he was coming back from an injury. This was when he was re signed back with the company. Yeah. Okay, because I know he had a little bill with Edge not being a part of the company. Yeah. So, okay, I wanted to verify, make sure. Jericho wedges one ladder through another like a Y shape, and then Morrison tries climbing it but gets ejected. It was a terrible idea to begin with. Yeah. Y2J chance break out as Jericho climbs to the top of the ladder. Carlito uses his apple and spits it in his face. He spits it in the face of people who are not cool. Carlito then gets shoved off the ladder by Kennedy. Punk knocks Kennedy down with a ladder. Punk gets a code breaker from Jericho. Then Jericho's back on the ladder. Patrick, when people make it up to the top of these ladders, for some reason, something, they just run out of steam. Yeah. It's, he makes, it's hard to climb those ladders. And once you get you out. And once you get to the top, you're just like, ah, oh, I just can't do it. Yeah. And Jericho waits an eternity for Punk to wake back up, <laughs> fight him down, 
Punk grabs the briefcase. CM Punk is your Money in the Bank winner in 15 minutes and 12 seconds in what was a pretty good Money in the Bank ladder. All these Money in the Bank ladder matches are pretty good. You want to know how I'm cool? You haven't been spit in the face with an apple by Carlito? I I was in the ring with Carlito. And he didn't spit me in the face with an apple. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> did he do the apple spot in that he match? He did do the apple spot in that match. This dude must spend a ton on apples. His yeah, man. his apple budget. His, is his apple budget is through the roof. Doesn't even eat the rest of the apple. No, throws it out to the fans. Usually, a fan picks it up. Our homeless guy and finishes it off. Uh, you know, the birds pick on it. I thought this should have kicked off the card, but they. Oh, were, this is a great match. They prob they probably because this usually kicks off the WrestleMania card when it's on it. So they probably just wanted to try something yeah. different. Well, that fifth Finley match was a big fail. So this should have started the card. Yeah, this was a great match, and it was good to see an East. CW person finally get a little bit of a push. Right, which means he won't be on ECW much longer. Oh, no, no, no. Cena is shown backstage. He's getting ready for his match. Randy Orton, he's shown backstage. He's getting ready for his match. Triple H, guess what he's doing? What? He's getting ready for his match. Really? That's what they do in the locker rooms before the before their match. JR and King toss to the Hall of Fame ceremony highlights. Now, you and I are going to disagree here. Okay. Gotcha, but, but go. Gordon Sully, Eddie Graham, the Briscoes, May Young, Rocky Johnson, High Chief Peter Maivia, and Ric Flair. Outside of Ric Flair, this was a weak class. Oh, you are so oh, see, off, of my course. friend. Yeah, here, yeah, because you of love all, every legend. The Briscoes paved the ground. Okay, the Briscoes. That's fine. Okay. High Chief Peter Maivia and Rocky Johnson. This was just an excuse to get the Rock down there. I agree. May Young deserves it. Who else did you say? So. Eddie Graham? Eddie Graham deserves it because Eddie Graham was the brilliant brains behind the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. And, of course, Gordon Sully. And Gordon Sully is the second, I repeat, second greatest commentator in wrestling. And Gordon Sully definitely deserves it as well. To me, this could have been Briscoe's Ric Flair, Mae Young. Good enough. Sorry. Oh, say no. Th- those guys deserve to be in, but I just think they're not with us anymore. So it No, was and not... unfortunately, Mike Graham, who is his son, he's no longer with us either. Yeah. And so, but uh, uh, but no, yeah, Eddie Eddie Graham, I mean, ran Florida Championship Wrestling. So Eddie Graham... Helped out with ECW some. He did. So, yeah, I think Eddie Graham absolutely needs to, needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, and I'm glad that he finally made it. Todd Grisham is with the Playboy Bunny Mania match special host and future Hall of Famer Snoop Doggy Dog. Okay. Who's standing with Luke Gallows. Think about what you just said. UFC commentator Todd Grisham. Future Hall of Famer Snoop Dogg. That's right. Mainly from his work in this match, I'd say. That is it. <laughs> and he knows Sasha Banks. That's his cousin. Yeah, they're related. Yeah. He's related to Sasha Banks. <laughs> that gets you in. But yet, Ivan freaking Koloff still can't make it. Drew Carey's in, too. So that That is a joke in and of itself. He's with Luke Gallows. I mean, Festus. Sorry. In, in another <laughs> life. Santino does some stupid comedy. Snoop Dogg rings a bell. Festus runs Santino off. There you go. Then we have Mick Foley. Oh, of course, Mick Foley, yes. His WrestleMania payday. He gave Snoop Dogg the bell. So there you go. And he puts on a Snoop Dogg socko. Great use of Mick Foley here. That was terrible. The <laughs> hardcore, we thought WrestleMania 20 was bad. The hardcore legend making jokes with a rapper and a sock puppet. Just going on that note. Time to vote on your AT&T mobile phone. Who will win the triple threat match for the WWE title? Is it going to be Orton H or Cena? Vote I got now. Cena. Vote now. Now, standard messaging rates do apply. So yes. just 
SmackDown versus Raw Battle for Brand Supremacy in what is the shittiest match of the this night. This match was terrible. So we have both GMs in the ring. Holla, 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 fama. See? <laughs> Teddy Long for my, SmackDown my with w- William Regal for Raw. My good buddy. I'm glad to see him finally getting his come doings this year and making it to the Hall of Fame. Batista will take on Umaga. Batista's out first. He jumps around before the match and does his machine gun arms. As much as I hate the band Saliva, I do like Batista's theme song. I've always thought it fit Batista pretty well. Big Dave gets big fireworks for his arrival. Umaga's out next. No Armando Estrada. We'll find out why later. Boo from the crowd. He gets a shitty entrance. He just walks to the ring. And William Regal, in his thick British accent, calls him Umanga. <laughs> yes, Umanga. The blimp shots of the Citrus Bowl are beautiful, though. Umanga <laughs> gets shoulder blocked out of the ring, and I say, damn, Umaga is very slow. Even from a year ago at WrestleMania 23, oh, yeah. he's much slower. Well, and he looked bigger, too. Yeah. Cole and King call this split-branded match. Umaga delivers a crane kick that knocks Big Dave out of the ring. Umaga splashes it down Batista for a two-count. Batista is thrown into the turnbuckles and hits them hard enough to take a bump from them. There are three guys on the hard camera side, I noted, that are dressed as a spirit squad, so just a little uh, viewer tip there. Batista tries a scoop slam, but his back uh, gives out because Umaga's just so big, and Umaga falls on him. Umaga locks in the Ionian nerve grip rest hold, which gets booed. Batista has done nothing in this match other than just stand around and Samoan drop to Big Dave for a two count. Umaga drags Big Dave looking for a bonsai drop. This match is getting some boos from the crowd. Umaga tries the Samoan spike, but it's blocked. He misses a splash, then gets the spine buster, and then Batista. Botches the Batista bomb. A botchtista bomb Very is delivered well to... Umaga, but he doesn't bother redoing it. He just pins him. One, two, three. Seven, oh, three. Batista did all of three things in this match. This is seven minutes I want back in my life. The crowd is silent. Batista just jogs up the ramp as soon as it's over. He just wanted to get away from this this mess. This was bad. This was... Who in the hell thought that this would be a good idea? These two guys, yeah. Not a good uh, matchup on paper. No. And for nothing. Nothing's on the line here. Brand supremacy is just bullshit. I hate it when oh, they do yeah. brand supremacy stuff. Like oh, when I'm the, sure at some point in time we're going to get oh, that I know. this year. You know when they I do the smack- draft, when they do those battle royals with the blue and red shirts? I uh, hate we're, that we're bullshit. We're probably going to get that shit this year at WrestleMania. Anyone who's not in a WrestleMania match is going to get a red or blue shirt and a battle <laughs> royal. That's, your, that's going to be your kickoff match right there. He runs up the ramp, and as he gets to the door, he just looks at the camera and goes, Yeah! And then he walks away. Great match. I think the Finley match might be a little bit better than this match. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I is... had Finley at the bottom here, but I've changed my mind now after talking to you. Now we're getting into our 60-minute classic. Yeah. JR and King inform us now that the Floyd Mayweather and Big Show fight is now a no-DQ match. They just decided that, you know, this today, I guess. I guess... uh Floyd Money Mayweather didn't read over the contract too well, and they changed the stipulation on him. I have a lot to say about this match. So <laughs> They show the hilarious tale of the tape for the Floyd Mayweather Big Show match, which is pretty funny. Do you to like look. to read that off? I didn't write it all down. Okay, He's got like... Let's put it this way. Big Show outweighs him by 320-something pounds. Mm-hmm. He, he outreaches him by a good two and a half feet. It's tall. I mean, he probably... They bill him at seven feet. Yeah. So if you bill him at seven feet, he's a good foot and a half, if not almost two feet taller. At least. 
Floyd so, Mayweather, a little man. Very he little is. Man. He's about 5'3", I think. So Not someone you want to fuck with, though. The little no. man at the bar you don't want to get into a fight with. <laughs> they toss to Taz and Joey Styles. They show highlights of the ECW Battle Royal. Patrick Young, that's a DVD exclusive, buddy. So only you are privy to that whole match. Run out and buy a copy so you can see this match. Yeah. Armando Estrada, I wondered what happened to him. He was the ECW GM at this time. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> just, just like Paul Heyman envisioned back in 93 or whatever this when he is, started. This- that was a bad decision on whoever's part. This is the first time the ECW title will be defended at WrestleMania. It's still the old style ECW belt, not the big silver thing they'll have later on. That ugly piece of shit they changed to. Chavo's entrance will take longer than this match. As he comes out, he just walks to the ring, but it takes him forever. He has, and what's sad about this, he has special tights on and it has angels on them, which I'm sure is a tribute to Eddie. This was not a very good tribute match for Eddie Guerrero. Kane... His music plays. Kane, despite being about, yeah, two feet taller than Chavo, needs to sneak attack Chavo. Oh, yeah. To be able to beat Chavo Guerrero, the big threatening ECW. Chavo's a bad mamma jamma. So you lie, you cheat, you steal. No, you don't. Kane does. Because Kane sneak attacks Chavo, the bell rings, choke slam, not even a tombstone. Save that for Taker. One, two, three, 11 seconds. Kane wins the ECW belt, the state of ECW. My oh my. Was well on its way to the graveyard here. Inflicting Kane as its champion. Chavo being the champ. I mean, what are your choices here? This is like... <laughs> the great Kali was in that ECW Battle Royal. I so know. we could I have saw. had Kali. I saw. There's a promo that airs now. Carlito, he flirts with Maria. He's attacked by a bird. He kills the bird. But then a bird poops on him. It was quite funny. I think that's a very big stretch. That's the most outrageous thing you've ever said on this podcast. That's so Raven. Raven Simone is out next. She tosses to the Make-A-Wish kids in the crowd. Then it's time for the real main event of the evening. All right. First of all... Of course, that's so Raven into the Ric Flair retirement match. First of all, this should have been main event. Well, he refused to let him do it. Why? Because he's old school, man. The belt always goes on last. Patrick, he refused. They told him they wanted him to go on last. You put Mayweather and Big Show over him? (laughs) No. Yes, they did. Well, they did. And they put the Playboy Bunny tag. Bunny Mania is the next match after. That's bullshit. Snoop Dogg, yeah, Snoop Dogg comes out. Can I get a big hand for Ric Flair, my man? Woo! This should have gone on last, but yeah, like I said, they they offered and Ric Flair said no. Belt has to go on last. All right. Taker's belt, by the way. And you know what's also interesting about this match? You know who really wanted to be in this match? Triple H. Absolutely. Because he did the Hall of Fame speech. He was the one that got Flair back into the ring. Yeah. I bet this really burns Triple H. Under his skin, I I guarantee you it burns him up. That Flair wanted Sean for the last match. Yeah. But I'd want Sean, too. You'd want the greatest, you know? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, you want the greatest in-ring performer. Let's talk about this. Or would you like to after? We can talk greatest stuff after. We'll get into it. It's time for the real main event of the evening, the whole reason to watch this show. Sean announces that Ric Flair is going into the hall. We get to leave the memories alone promo by Fuel. Oh, you love it. So it is my honor and my privilege to present to you the very first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame Class 2008. He's a man that I have idolized my entire professional career. And I don't care what anybody says, he's the greatest wrestler of all time. And more importantly, he's my friend. Woo! 
Kevin Dunn classic. That actually was done very well, I thought. But then, Vince, with your next loss, it's all over. You're done. So the next time Flair loses, it's all over. 
Yeah. And he had managed to lie, cheat, and steal his way through his matches since that was announced to get to this point. He's the dirtiest player in the game. So on Raw matches, on TV matches, he would always do what he needed to do to pull out a win over guys like... Hold the ropes, hold yeah, tight. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. The only thing that could make his career complete is to, re- is to wrestle Mr. WrestleMania at WrestleMania. He says if he can't beat Sean, then he doesn't want to continue. Michaels, well, he says... Remember the story of Old Yeller? The showstopper is going to take Old Yeller behind the woodshed. And put him out of his misery. That's right. So there you go. But Flair, when he hears that, he smacks Sean. Sean walks away. Then we cut back to the pay-per-view. Mike Adamley. Here we go. There's a throwback for you. Is backstage with Flair. He asked Flair's game plan. Flair's game plan is pretty simple, Patrick. It's to be the man. That's all he says. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Shawn Michaels is out first. He's in his cowboy hat vest and those ugly chap tights he wore the last few years of his career. He does his standard entrance, his kneel, his pose, his pyro. Nate comes out in the most glorious blue robe this man has ever worn. Oh, yeah. He struts and woos his way down the ramp. He gets huge pyro and spreads his winged robe. There are so many woo signs in this crowd. There are so many O's just randomly well, throughout know, this you crowd. You saw why, right? What, did they hand them out? They handed them out. There was a giant W, and then they hand at the very hard camera side, front row, and then O's went around circles the entire arena for a giant, long woo. Ric Flair's family is ringside, and Charles Robinson, despite being a SmackDown ref, gets to call. This match, of course. Naturally, little Nate. Oh, yeah. They exchange hammer locks to start the match. Flair hits a drop toe hold. They reverse hammer locks again. Then Flair struts and woos at Michaels after he shouts at Michaels, Old Yeller, huh? Old Yeller. And Sean smacks the <laughs> shit out of Ric Flair. Yeah, he smacks him and he says, You got it. <laughs> he smacked him so hard that Flair actually bit his tongue and started bleeding. Yeah, and he says first blood. Yeah. They get chops in the they exchange chops in the corner. Then Flair gets Michaels down and hits his signature knee drop to Michael's head. Flair counters HBK off the turnbuckle, much like Flair had been countered for the last thirty five years. So he counters Sean off the turnbuckle. And then the most amazing thing in wrestling history. Rick Flair hits a crossbody <laughs> from the top rope for a two count. That's right, and King says, this is a historic match Yeah, <laughs> at the side of this very improbable thing happening. Ric Flair actually went to the top rope and hit a move. Michaels throws Flair out of the ring, then baseball slide kicks him. Then he attempts a springboard moonsault, and Flair moves out of the way. Michaels lands his ribs first onto an empty announce table that didn't quite break as well as I'd say he would have liked it to. Yeah. It looked painful, and Michaels, oh man, the king of psychology, sells his ribs the rest of the match. Yeah. He remembers. Robinson starts a 10 count. Flair could win by count out here. What a way to continue his career. A win's a win. <laughs> Michaels makes it in at 8. You know, that would have been the biggest swerve, though. Oh, yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Oh, it's all about Ric Flair, all that. Win uh, by count out. He wins by count out. Flair hits a back suplex on Sean for a two count. Then hits a double underhook suplex on Sean. Very impressive for Flair. Flair hits a delayed standing vertical suplex on Sean. Only gets a two count. That gets a, a huge round of applause. More Flair chops before Michaels back body drops Flair to the outside. Sean does a top turnbuckle moonsault, which Flair did not do a very good job of catching. And uh, HBK's leg sort of just thuds off the ring mats on the outside. Flair yeah. caught one leg of this moonsault. A double countout. It means his career would be over, according to JR. Yeah. But Patrick Young, that's not a loss. It's a draw. 
you didn't win. A draw is just as bad as a loss. You didn't win. But I think I thought the stipulation that Vince said was your next loss. Didn't win. If you don't win, you lose. <laughs> no. That's, yes. If you don't win, you tie. If you don't win, you lose. <laughs> Period. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fair? Agreed? I don't think it should have ended your career if it was a double countout. Since the stipulation was a loss, it was a tie. There shouldn't have been a countout rule to the match anyway, just to prevent this from happening. For, to prevent this from ha- It didn't happen, but now, I know. now people are actually... Now, now we're actually... Let the debate start for yes, the next... exactly. For the next retirement match, we can, at Undertaker's retirement match, we can have the same discussion. <laughs> Flair and HBK exchange chops again. Sean hits his uh, flying forearm, kips up. We get the inverted atomic drop and a scoop slam. Then he goes up for his top rope elbow drop and gets it. Oh, but he's too hurt to cover from those ribs that uh, went to the table. Sean goes to the corner and tunes up the band. But when he approaches Flair with the kick, he just, out of love, he can't do it. No, he stops. Puts his foot down. But Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, sweeps those legs, takes him down, <laughs> figure and, uh, four. hugs that figure four on. Sean reverses the pressure and Flair gets to the ropes. Now Flair is limping. They chop some more. Michaels and Flair try a bridging sequence, but Sean just can't bridge Flair's mass. These body were some mass. of the stiffest chops I have ever seen in a match, just FYI. For both Sean and Rick. Flair tries another figure four, but gets inside cradled for a two count. Ducks an Inseguri and locks in the figure four this time, gets it on. Sean scoots to the ropes. Flair scoots him back, though, into the middle of the ring. Uh Uh-oh. Michaels tries to reverse the pressure, but Flair rolls through. But Sean is too close to the ropes. Sean gets the ropes. Flair stomps HBK's damaged ribs. Then Nate styles and profiles. This would be part of his undoing as he gets super kicked out of nowhere. While he was strutting and wooing. Sean then covers, but only gets a two count from this super kick to a big reaction. Sean now sells his leg, but he tunes up the band again. Flair is still down. He's slow to get up. Charles Robinson continues to check on him. Michaels this time says, if you're not going to get up, and he goes over there and pulls him up. Puts him on his feet. Yeah. And by putting him on his feet, Flair low blows him. Yep. With his leg. Gary's playing the game. Sean locks in a figure four of his own on Flair. It doesn't look near as good. Flair scoots to the ropes and gets him. He also took the turnbuckle pad off, which distracted Robinson so he could thumb Sean in the eye. Then he inside cradles Sean for two with the tights gripped. And then another super kick out of nowhere. Sean pulls himself to his feet and starts to tune up the band. He just can't do it. But Flair rises to his feet and tells him come on and sean mouths to flair i'm sorry i love you and super kicks rick flair right out of the wrestling business or so you think then he immediately grabs flair says some stuff to him after the three count and he walks out so flair can get his big goodbye the match went 20 minutes and 34 seconds first of all we're gonna let the debates begin but i have this to say Greatest tag team wrestler of all time, beautiful Bobby Eaton. (laughs) Greatest in-ring performer of all time, Shawn Michaels. Greatest character of all time, The Undertaker. Well, okay, yeah. Greatest talker of all time, Dusty Rhodes. I think Flair might might be beaten. Here's the deal. Everybody says, oh, he's the greatest at this, he's the greatest at that. There's only one greatest. There will only be one greatest. That is Ric Flair. Yeah, he is the greatest. Period. This, or he's the greatest of that. Well, I think overall, he would rate the highest. I think Sean, if Sean was just a tad bit better on the microphone, not to say Sean's terrible. I think Sean has cut great promos. Oh, yeah. But he's just not Ric Flair on the microphone. And he's just not, he never had the charisma 
of Flair, and nobody's going to match match the longevity of Flair. Yeah, especially not in this day and age. Right. Yeah, that's why they'll they'll never be someone to come close. Yeah, you cannot top Ric Flair. Ric Flair is wrestling royalty. He is the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling. He is the one that everybody, oh, I'm going to be just like him. You can try, but you never will. We say that to say this, because I know it's coming. Your thoughts of retirement matches, and why was it two months later he was in Impact Wrestling tag, having a tag team match with Hulk Hogan? Well, he went on the Hulkamania tour overseas with Hulkster. The one thing we all know about Ric Flair is he loves to live it up. He loves money. He loves spending money. He doesn't love having money. This man has had more divorces, more bankruptcies, more more expenditures, more failed investments than probably any other professional wrestler to ever live. He's also probably generated more money than any other pro wrestler, but he's also burned through the most. And so money talks, as we've said many times on this podcast. When he was retired... He wanted an ambassador role like they gave to Hogan a few years later. He wanted to still get a paycheck, but Vince didn't want any of that. And so he did a he did a unsanctioned brawl on Raw a couple months later, WWE television. I think it was like with Orton and Batista. But then after that, when there was nothing else for him, they they cut him off. And he felt so offended by that that he went ahead and he also needed the money. So he went on the Hulkamania tour, then Hulk hooked up with TNA, and then... Flair ends up in TNA. They basically told him, "If you look, you sign with us, you're only going to work 65 days a year, and the money's going to be great for only 65 days." I've got an interview that he did with with Sean on the Ric Flair podcast. I'll try to find him, put it at the end of the podcast. But Sean laid out this entire match, by the way. Yeah, Sean so. was Sean was the uh, was the leader of it of this match, which I was shocked. And by matching Rolexes. Because yeah. he wanted to have, he wanted to be the Rolex wearing, yeah, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son but of a gun. You're gonna say, oh, but this wasn't his retirement match. It's true, it wasn't. Okay, this is let the arguments begin. This was his retirement match. It was his retirement from full time wrestling capacity. Before this, he was doing a match either on Raw or a house show or something every week. After this, you didn't see Rick in the ring except for a few other occasions, and that wasn't a standard bearer thing. It still lessens this match. In what retrospect. I'm saying is when you see The Undertaker, and The Undertaker finally retires, you are still going to see The Undertaker come out just like they had Austin and Sean and Foley in Dallas do and come out and hit a tombstone or but that's different than a match and do a quick little one two three bullshit like what they did there you're still going to have short little increments you're he is having his retirement match yes but he's still going to be a part of gimmick stuff this no. was Flair's retirement no that's like saying Jordan's retirement was with the Bulls no so he came saying, back with the Wizards so you're saying Flair's retirement was in TNA unfortunately yes Shawn Michaels when he retired he was retired. That's it. If he, he comes back, back... He came back for for the whole crap in Dallas then, if that's what you're counting. I know he came back, but he didn't wrestle in a... It wasn't a sanctioned match. He hit he hit a sweet chin music and... But he does... You can do that. Pin the guy, one, two, three. He didn't pin a guy. There was a referee and there was a three. No, count. there was no... That was not a match. He was there. He has not wrestled a single match since Undertaker. Okay. That was a retirement match. That okay. counts. Okay. This was yeah in WWE canon. This is Ric Flair's retirement match. If you had, if you are a WWE fan and had no knowledge 
that TNA Impact Wrestling ever existed or that the Hulkamania tour ever took place or that a house show in Ringgold that you went to ever took place, then yes, this can be his retirement match. But it's not true. It's just like if you want to believe that wrestling is real, you know, like if you want Wrestling wanna... is real, damn it. Okay, exactly. I mean, it's just what... The match is still an excellent match. It's oh, an excellent... Yeah. It's an ex... It's excellent storytelling, whether he came back or not, so... It still holds up to watch it. It's still oh, emotional, yeah. especially not... because now he is retired. So right. now it is set in stone certain you will never see Ric Flair in wrestling ring. That's again. correct. So I mean, so now you can watch it and be okay. But if I was watching this and then flipping my channel over to TNA and you know, or turning on this DVD and then watching his match on TNA, then I would. You'd have an issue with it. No, I just I would be like, well, this doesn't mean much. Okay. I just know we got into a texting war about this and. and we both agreed to save it for the radio show, so, you know, that's what we're doing, and so that's why I Well, was... athletes do this shit all the time, though. Randy Moss retired a couple times. There's this... so many people retire and well, then come back. I compare it to this, though. It was his retirement from full-time wrestling capacity. Terry Funk retired from full-time wrestling capacity 12 times, and he will still lace up his boots at almost 80-something years old and wrestle. I don't know how old Terry Funk... Terry's got to be pushing the 80 mark, though. Yeah, he's so, in his 70s, definitely. Okay. So, Flair, I mean, and that's only on rare occasions. Well, and but. Flair didn't... Flair didn't bill multiple matches as retirement matches afterwards, so... Right. In WWE canon, this was it. I just wanted to make that argument. Flair cries. Well, Flair, it doesn't take much to get Ric Flair to cry. He cries, he gets a big goodbye. Flair's family's in tears. Sadly, you get to see Reed Flair, who gives him a big hug. Flair waves goodbye to the crowd. He hugs his family and walks out. I said, yeah, I said the same thing you did. This should have been the end of the show. I mean, how do you follow that? How do you follow that, of course, Patrick? With the Bunny Mania match. Playboy Lumberjill match. Todd Grisham is backstage again. Edge is with him this time. He thinks, well, I liked his he WrestleMania He talks about suit. Hogan, and he talks about how, you know, but, WrestleMania Because you lost six. your innocence at WrestleMania 30, so you relate to yeah, him. Yeah, I do, damn it. I do relate to him. You know, Todd, we, we saw a career end. We've seen history made tonight already, but more importantly, we'll see more history made later on tonight. But I, I want to set a stage for you. I want to take you back, because I've been thinking back a lot lately, back to, to when I was a little kid. Back to when I was sitting in the audience at WrestleMania 6. Man, I was so excited. I was watching my hero, Hulk Hogan. I was the biggest Hulkamaniac in Canada. And that day, Hulk Hogan lost. That wasn't the only thing lost that day. See, my innocence was also lost. But it's okay. Because it's come full circle. It really has. You know, people rely on The Undertaker to win at WrestleMania. No matter how pathetic, mundane, or lousy their lives are, they can always count on the dead man. Well, that all changes tonight. It really does. Tonight, they get slapped in the face with a cold, hard dose of reality. There's probably a a little kid sitting in that crowd tonight, just like me all those years ago, that believes anything in this world can happen even 16 and 0. Tonight, I crush that kid's spirit. I pluck his innocence when I defeat The Undertaker and walk out of WrestleMania, the true phenom, and still the world 
heavyweight champion. Hogan lost at WrestleMania 6 and it right in front of him and it crushed him. I lost The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 right in front of me and as a 20-something year old man, I cried. I am not ashamed to admit it. I was crushed. Edge tells us he was at WrestleMania 6 and he says, that day Hulk Hogan lost. So was my innocence. People depend on Undertaker to win a mania, but tonight it gets slapped with a, card hold, a cold hard dose of reality. Edge is going to crush kid spirits and he'll defeat The Undertaker and walk out the true phenom. I will see how it goes for him. I uh, I have my doubts as to whether Edge can pull it pull it off tonight. Huge pyro again for no reason in the middle of the show, just like WrestleMania 20. It's time for the Bunny Mania Lumberjack match. The Divas line the ramp to await the arrival of the Master of Ceremonies, Snoop D-O-double-G. He has a mini Mercedes to wheel him to the ring. This looked like a custom like golf cart. Am I yeah. Right? Okay. Snoop is like the Pope with a Snoop mobile instead of a Pope mobile. Said, you know who needed they, they needed in this match? Charles Wright, the Godfather, should have been a part of this match as well. You, that is so true. Snoop gives it up for Ric Flair, and then he reads his cue card. The Divas <laughs> ringside, they don't get any entrances, so hope you can tell who's who. Ashley and Maria are the Playboy cover girls. They come out to some horrible theme song. It sounds like the band Simple Plan or some... Shit like that. And Candice Michelle was supposed to be a part of this match. Candice Michelle was supposed to take Ashley's place. Candice Michelle broke her neck. I'm not 100% sure that was her injury, but she got injured leading up just weeks before this match. And so then they had to scramble and they pulled Ashley. I don't think place. the match quality would have improved very much. I'm just giving you the backstory. Okay. Snoop introduces Vicious and Delicious, but not Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. No, it's <laughs> the Glamazon and Molina with Santino as their manager. The crowd is completely silent. Snoop goes to sit on a throne. You know who should have a throne? Jerry the King Lawler. Why isn't his chair a throne? That's right. Because he's the king, damn it. Right. Molina's entrance with pants on isn't so provocative. You know, that split she does. She used to do it with... A short skirt. Now she wears pants. I wrote down, am I really watching this? Yes, <laughs> I am really going to watch this. Ashley hits a hurricane Rana on Beth. Melina tags in and gets thrown out. The Lumberjills sort of kick her and toss her right back in. Maria hits a Bronco Buster, the world's slowest Bronco Buster on Melina. Ashley tags in and hits a spinning head scissors on Melina. Hits a very slow face buster on Melina. Then the Lumberjills beat up Ashley and toss her in. Beth locks in a bear hug on Ashley and an elbow drop. She electric chair moonsaults Melina onto Ashley. And then the best thing that could happen to this match, Patrick, the lights in the stadium went out in the middle of the Bunny Mania match. Jerry the King Lawler thinks The Undertaker has shown up early to the middle of the Bunny Mania match. Which that would have been funny as Which would have been hysterical, yes. If he just went in there and started choke slamming women. Get out of my ring, damn it. I'm ready for my match. I think that would have heel turned, Undertaker, I'm afraid. <laughs> Spotlights now have to light the ring. Maria hits a crossbody for two. Beth Phoenix tries a finisher, but Maria reverses it and escapes. Phoenix hits a miss missile drop kicks and covers, but Santino breaks the pin. Jerry Lawler, he can't take it anymore. He intervenes and goes and punches Santino. Thank God. For no reason. Because Santino was interrupted the three count. He wanted to save the Playboy bunnies. He wanted to save the the play. Maria had the pin one, two, three, and he reached up in there and broke up the three count. And so, but Jerry Lawler had nothing to do with the storyline. Jerry Lawler loves him some puppies. I, I he loves some Playboy women. bunnies. Yes, and some women. So, 
Beth Phoenix hits Samoa Joe's muscle buster on Maria and gets the pinfall in a merciful five minutes. Santino gets decked by Snoop Dogg. Snoop leaves with the Playboy Bunnies after kissing Maria. So Maria gets to kiss Snoop Dogg in the middle of the... And they, like, really... They went at it, yeah. It was kind of uh, too much PDA there yeah. in the middle of the ring. So what did you think of this match? Um... Okay, good. A promo piece recaps the title match. I'm sure you're familiar Triple H, Cena, and Orton. There's really not an explanation needed here. So this is the WWE title match. It's the spinner belt, your favorite version of the title. <laughs> this was ugly. I hated it. suffered a debilitating injury, a completely torn right pectoral muscle. In a hospital bed, my life was crumbling. And with each day, my WrestleMania dreams faded further and further away. After the elimination chamber, after beating five other guys, the game is back! So in the last second of the final hour, I made a choice. My God, it's John Cena! Yes, I risked my career. Yes, I risked my health. Why for a chance? And Cena does it! To once again go to WrestleMania. You see, I've been issued challenges. But the same thing has happened to every challenge in the end. marching band is going to get to play John Cena in a version of his he had a lot more hair too he back did then. the votes are in 
I think this vote was a work, Patrick, because the crowd has voted that Cena will win. Orton only got 8% of the vote, and he's the champ. He's the champ! <laughs> That's a fair bet, because the champ going into a triple threat... Is the worst Traditionally, thing in the world. doesn't come out too good at exactly. WrestleMania. Triple H gets a normal entrance, which somehow still takes forever for him to get to the ring. Just a regular Triple H entrance. Randy Orton is out to his old theme. Do you like this better than Voices? I do, actually. Voices is, is more heel, heelish. Yeah. Not as many tattoos on Mr. Orton here, and he still has all his hair. So, everyone's looking a lot younger. Hair was a big thing, apparently, for WrestleMania 24. <laughs> Hair was in style. <laughs> Lillian Garcia does the intros when everyone's in the ring like they do now, like uh, UFC style. And that was... that was New. New for this time. And they didn't do it for the Taker match. No. Justin Roberts, so that was, I guess, to try to make brand identity. One brand's champion would be introduced that way, and then they'd do it the old way. Right. But now everybody gets introduced in the ring. I hate it that way, yeah. too. It's a no-DQ match, so you know what Randy does? He immediately belt shots Triple H. Good idea. And the bell rings. Triple H recovers and tosses Cena and Orton out. Cena tries a double FU, or an AA now, on H and Orton, but they get out of it. Let's go, Cena. Cena sucks. Chance already in 2008. Nine years later, things haven't changed that much. Orton hits a crossbody off the top rope on Cena, who was on H's shoulders in the electric chair position. That's pretty nice. Then he rolls through and tries an FU on Orton, but H saves him. Orton does his draping DDT to both Cena and Triple H. Orton then does his Viper pose and tries an RKO on Cena, who chucks him into Triple H, who was still laying on the ground. Cena hits his top rope leg drop to a standing Orton. Orton bails outside and goads him into hitting a ring post. Then Triple H, gonna work Randy's leg. Cena runs into a clothesline from H. Then RKO out of nowhere on Triple H. But Triple H, he just rolls out of the ring. That's how he gets out of it. So with Randy distracted, Cena puts on the STFU. And Orton, he crawls to the ropes. He's about to tap. But then, just like at WrestleMania 20 in that triple threat match, Triple H drags him to the ropes and breaks it up. H throws Cena into the steps. Triple H locks in the Indian Deathlock on Randy's injured leg, but Cena saves him. When was the last time you saw an Indian Deathlock? He's the only guy that does it. I See, and I love Indian Deathlocks. That's a great submission. Triple H gets chucked out by Cena. We get an STFU on Orton. When Cena does this STF, he could at least lock the chin in a little bit. He is so loose with that STF. Yeah. So Orton can just move his head around at will. The proper way of putting it in is he's supposed to hook the guy's arm up over and then slide both hands around he mm. just does it the lazy way but then h this is the most shocking thing that happened all night other than rick flair hitting that crossbody. triple h puts cena in the crippler crossface a year after the benoit triple murder it wasn't even a year after this was a months after. double murder suicide this was months after. yeah and it's triple h it's the boss's son reminding people of what just happened basically like yes. <laughs> Cena makes it to the ropes. The crowd went wild for it, though, to see the cripple across. They probably were in shock just as I was. Cena and Triple H exchange strikes. It's time for a five-knuckle shuffle on Triple H. And then Cena sets up for the FU. But H, he counters it into a pedigree, which is countered out of by Cena. Then H hits his knee and clotheslines him. And then an armed spine buster on Cena. He preps for a pedigree but gets distracted by Orton. Fights Orton off. Then gets the pedigree on Cena. Triple H goes for the cover. And then Orton, out of nowhere, runs in, punts Triple H, 
pins Cena one, two, three, and Orton, in a very surprising finish, wins this match in 14-10. This was a great way to finish this match. Shitty looking punt, though. Wasn't his best. He hits he hits the pedigree, so you know Cena's down, hit that punt, and slide in there and steal the, steal the victory. That was, I thought, it was very well done. Sort of like uh, Seth Rollins hitting the curb stomp at that triple threat match. Yep. I just said Orton's punt looked like shit, though. I mean, it did. It was very weak. That one he gave Vince, though, a couple of years later, that, that was ugly. Yeah, that was the lead up for WrestleMania 25. Yeah. Orton H again. A- another year where the wrong match went on last. Mayweather and Big Show promo airs. You can win this match by knockout, so how else do you think this match will end, Patrick? Pinfall submission or knockout. Yeah. Yeah, when you add that stipulation, it's going to be used. Mayweather is in boxing glove and he's got hilariously big shorts on. His shorts are almost pants. Mayweather just runs around Big Show. Mayweather lands some strikes on Show's body in the corner. Then Mayweather pops Show in the jaw and misses a right and a left. Mayweather then gets bored with the match and goes drinks out of his pimp goblet in the corner. And Big Show doesn't like this, so he attacks Mayweather's entourage and chops the entourage right off the ring apron. Show catches Mayweather's hands and then misses a stomp to Mayweather's hand. And he tells Mayweather, it was this close. This close. Big Show grabs him for a choke slam, but Mayweather punches out of it. Then Floyd Mayweather puts Big Show in a sleeper. Oh, boy, this was a long sleeper. Yeah. Too. Big Show teases just tossing Mayweather out of the ring off his shoulders, which would have been awesome. I would have loved that. The crowd boos this rest hold bullshit. Then Big Show stomps Mayweather's left hand. He finally does it. Mayweather's corner is furious. You can't do that. You can't do that. The ref can't get the entourage to leave to get off the apron. Big Show chops Mayweather. That Big Big Show slap. Not really a chop. Who does? Man, Mayweather did a tremendous sell job from it. And the crowd chants... One more. They did not get one more. They did not because he begged for mercy. Then Show steps on Mayweather's back. Show laughs as Mayweather kicks him. And then Show hits a side slam. Get a leg drop on Mayweather's arm. Then Show walks on Floyd Money Mayweather. Show headbutts Mayweather. Then Floyd's entourage say, we out. And they grab Floyd and they all just walk up the ramp. Very well done. And Show, oh poor big Show, is forced to run. (laughs) After Floyd Mayweather's entourage, the first running Big Show has probably done in years, he destroys Floyd's entourage and then drags Floyd back to the ring. Mayweather's entourage distracts Show with a chair shot, but Show no-sells it, and so he chokeslams the entourage guy. But that dooms Big Show as Mayweather hits him with chair shots, low-blows him, chair shots him again, then takes off his gloves, and this award-winning professional undefeated boxer needs brass knucks to knock out the big show and so floyd money mayweather lands the big hand to the chin of the big show with the knucks and wins in eleven forty. and i wrote i hate this shit and i did i'm glad if you're such a badass why do you need an entourage to come out to the ring with you and because well, he's them, playing the role of chicken shit heel and, and to have them keep and to have them keep interfering but if they didn't interfere what would they be doing in the ring what can you do they don't need to be out there at the ring they don't need this match doesn't need to happen but oh, I, mean, I agree i'm just saying if you're as badass as you were leading people to believe you are you go in there you take your ass whooping like a man and then somehow or another you sneak in there you grab the knuckles out of your tights you hit him one, two, three. I don't think he should have used the knucks. He should have just punched him with his bare hand. He's a boxer. He's a professional boxer. Yeah, but you got to you got to use something to put Big Show down, dude. I wouldn't. Have, I would not have bought a punch, a right-handed punch, straight to the 
the chin and knocked out Big Show. But Big Show's finisher is just a right hand punch, and we because it's coming to, from a seven foot four, five hundred. <laughs> we're supposed to buy man. that though. Yeah, because, we're supposed to buy a Superman punch from Roman Reigns. Okay, knocks well, that's out. another story. That's another argument for another day. Because I agree, that's bullshit. The logic behind that the entourage needs to save your ass when you're. Mr. Badass. Right. But like I said, if the entourage didn't interfere, then I just feel like... There was no sense in them even being out there. All they did was complicate things in the match, in my opinion. They didn't help. They didn't add to the match. That that guy in the white suit that kept... Oh, yeah. He was the worst. jumping up there on the ring apron every two seconds or was screaming at the referee. Very distracting. Talking about shit like, he can't do that. He can't do that. We out. <laughs> he can't do that. He can't do that. We out. I was, I was like, for the love of God. who? I, and the ref was uh, Armstrong. Throw his ass out of ringside. There's enough refs in the back to get this entourage out of yes! there. Yes. Because it did nothing to help to the match. It did nothing to add to it. It did nothing. All it did was prevent the match from being entertaining. And like it went 11.40. Okay, the ECW title match went 11 seconds. So we could have cut this in half. We could have cut Batista's match in half. And then we could have... This match could have went five minutes and it would have been fine. This match could have been a, a, a legitimate entertaining match. If you did not have all the bullshit, all the bullshit, where a lot of people love this match, you know that's crazy. I've always found that to be crazy. I'm glad you're in agreement with me because the consensus that I see online a lot of the times is that people love this match. This shit for a celebrity match. I mean, not like a five star classic. Oh, well, I'm not saying yeah, but I'm, I think for even for a celebrity match, I don't like it. No, you have to have seven guys come to ringside with you and one guy to stand up. The guy in the white yeah, was really annoying. And one guy to do all your talking for you. Come on, and just man. think about how much money he got paid for this match. Oh, it's he got sick. a shit ton. Vince backed the Brinks truck yeah. up to pay him. Brutus the Barber Beefcake can't get five hundred dollars to cut somebody's hair, but you pay. Floyd Mayweather to come in and basically do very little work. Like, what, $50 million probably or something like that? Yeah, he's not working cheap. I mean, I'm... Li- the pay-per-view did a million buys. It did it less than WrestleMania 23 with the Trump haircut, Okay, uh, but... So, you take $60 a piece right. at a million dollars. At a million buys. A million buys. $60 million. $60 million. And you probably gave Floyd Mayweather, what, 10 Yeah. Easy. Wow. Easy. That's That's tough. And you probably gave Kim Kardashian two. She wasn't as big of a star as she is now. They probably got they her for seven fifty. I think they think, got her for under think, a million. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just if I'm doing the budget, we're doing the math here though. I mean, what I'm saying is, well, and the cable company gets a cut of that. Well. Was this when WrestleMania had gone up to like seventy dollars? So it was a little bit more. Yeah, it was probably it was like at one time it was up to eighty before you got to the network. So it could have been higher up. There was so much more that they could have. This match had potential to be really entertaining. I'm sure some of his entourage and quotation marks were developmental guys. I should research who they actually were. Like the guy that takes the choke slam. I don't know, but so. All right, now it's time for the main event. We get a promo recapping the uh, the Undertaker Edge feud. We're gonna crush children's dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the streak will end tonight. No, it won't. You know what sucks most about this main event match, what? other than it should have been Flair's match, but Taker's. Cl- I mean, these are close in importance. The fact that Coach and fucking Cole call this match. 
Oh, yeah. Coach especially. Oh, yeah. Coach, good backstage interviewer. He's good on ESPN. As a color commentator, he stinks, man. And this match, he distract he. Col- he, well, he would, wasn't even doing heel coach either. No. Like this is just regular Jonathan Coachman doing comedy. And he would sometimes cut off Cole mid sentence and stuff, and yeah. just it was not flowing. Jr. and King. Yeah. This is why in those Undertaker matches we saw, it was always Jr. They would remember when Jr. wasn't even with the company. They brought him in for that Hell in a Cell match with Triple H, just yeah. for that one match. So yeah. they learned from this, I believe. Undertaker with torches, a druid intro, but no druids, just the druid music. Then Edge is out next. 
Jimmy Corderas is the ref for this main event. Very odd ref choice. That was a very odd ref choice because I was starting the match and I was like, what the hell is Corderas doing out there? <laughs> like, he, he should not be main eventing WrestleMania. But we'll see No why. offense, Jimmy. Yeah, like, no offense. I'm just at the time frame in which you were working for the company. Yeah. I guess the Hebners had already... Uh, the Hetners had gotten axed at this so, point. So, but even Mike Kyoto, he should have. I mean, would have been the main guy probably. And Charles Robinson had already worked that night, but he was going to work some more. We'd find out the Sarah tattoo on Undertaker's throat since WrestleMania 20. Well, it's been zapped off. What? Don't get a tattoo of your lover's name right across the throat. <laughs> Don't get any ideas, Patrick. Okay. Proceed. I'm just saying it's not a good idea. I'm not getting a tattoo, period. I mean, and now he can't fit Michelle McCool all the way across. <laughs> it's too long of a name. Taker does the off-with-the-head thing at the start of the match to edge the tombstone. He's just going to tombstone him right away. Couldn't be like his brother, Kane, and just win in 11 seconds. You know how awesome that would have been, though? <laughs> to main event WrestleMania goes 11 seconds. <laughs> he knocks him out of the ring. Taker hits a stunner on the ropes to Edge, and then Edge comes back into the ring. Taker does his flying clothesline for a two-count. He tries old school on Edge, but gets countered. Undertaker launches himself at Edge in the corner, but somehow ends up throwing himself out of the ring. Taker tries to get back into the ring, and Edge spears Taker off the apron, and he goes flying into the guardrail. Edge then baseball slides Taker back onto his ass on the mats. Botches a neckbreaker on the ropes to Taker that sends Taker back to the outside. Edge, after he fucks this move up poses to cover it up. Edge hits a standing drop kick and then climbs up to the top turnbuckle and gets shoved to the mats below to bit for a big thud. Taker does his big dive on Edge a lot better than he would next year. Edge catches him perfectly. <laughs> if Sim Snuka had only been watching How to Catch Undertaker, next year would have been better. Taker looks for his apron leg drop and gets it. Taker now selling his lower back for some reason. Taker looks for the last ride, but Edge counters and shoots him into the ropes for a big boot from Edge. Edge brings Taker out of the ring and throws him into the front row of the crowd, those $8,000 seats. Edge climbs back into the ring. He'll take a count out win over Taker. What a way for the streak to end, huh? <laughs> Edge, stupidly, instead of waiting for the count, Goes out and gets Taker and brings him back into the ring. You know, really, side note, though, just to piss people off, to end the Undertaker streak with a count out, you know how angry people would be? That would have been nuclear heat. I mean, it was that bad enough, have, yeah. but it would have been even worse. If, that yeah, would have been straight up, yeah. That ref would have had to have been escorted out with security. Yes. From, I mean, they would have, I guarantee, we were there. They would have rioted in the Superdome. So Edge brings him back in the ring. He locks in a half crab to work on that lower back. This was the shitty looking half crab, too. Yeah. It was weird just the way sits he, yeah. Down. And then he just turns it into like, just grabs a your twisted. Leg. Yeah. yeah. It was. Taker just kicks out of it. They exchange big strikes in the middle of the ring. This is the, uh, I call it the yay boo sequence because when Undertaker hits a strike, it's yay. And when Edge hits a strike, it's boo. Yeah. This is what happens. Yay, boo, yay, boo. And they just go back and forth, yeah. Taker splashes Edge in the corner twice. He hits snake eyes, but Edge drop kicks him for a two count. Taker catches Edge with a choke slam, but gets countered into a DDT from Edge, which gets a two. Edge sets up for the spear, but gets kneed in the face. We get a choke slam for a two count. Taker goes for old school again, but gets crotched on the top turnbuckle. Edge looks for a superplex on Taker and gets one. 
Someone superplexes Taker. That's pretty cool. Both guys are down, but Edge covers for two eventually. Cole keeps teasing the streak is over every single cover. This really annoyed me about Cole's calls. Edge does the top rope punches on Taker, but gets caught for the last ride, which is countered into a neckbreaker from Edge. Taker hits the last ride directly on Edge's neck. Ouch. Edge kicks out, though, at two and a half. Taker calls for the tombstone, but Edge uses the Edge-O-Matic, breaking that move out. That's been a long, long while since we've seen it. And gets a two count. Taker lands a big boot and goes back to old school again. This time, Taker gets it. Cole, this was a good line. He says, school is in session this time. Corderas takes a ref bump from Taker's boot. Patrick Young, we go to your corner again. Taker should be DQ'd. He, I, he booted yeah. the ref. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's. Yeah. A, I think that's worse than a count out because it wasn't even streak. like Edge pulled him in front of him. It wasn't even like no. The ref was out of the way too. Yeah, he was buying his time getting out of the way and just you know it, it gets was, annihilated. Yeah, Taker should be DQ. I agree. <laughs> streak over. Streak over. Jimmy Corderas breaks. Undertaker's streak. Dude, that would have ruined his career. That would have ended his career. Edge tells him. It ends tonight, dead man. But Taker grabs him by the throat with a choke. Edge low blows Taker to get out of it. Edge assaults a cameraman. Poor camera guy. And grabs his camera. Cameraman would have bad WrestleManias back to back this year and next. (laughs) And at WrestleMania 20, remember Triple H went flying into a cameraman at the last pay-per-view we reviewed. Don't don't be a cameraman in Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels. Shawn will kill you. And call you a faggot. He will. Edge nails Taker with the camera. Edge nails Taker with the camera. Corderas is still out. Edge accidentally shoves Corderas off the apron. He goes to try to pull him over, but Corderas just falls right out of the ring. So Taker does his Michael Myers sit up from the dead spot. Then Edge copies Taker's tombstone symbol. He tries a tombstone on Taker, but it gets countered into one of his own. And then Taker covers, and then this is when Patrick Young would have had to make the run from the backstage area as Charles Robinson runs the entire Man, he length was, of the football field. He was huffing. He was, he was huffing and puffing, buddy. He was hauling. So Charles Robinson gets to the ring, but can only Slides make... in there. One, two, kick out. Edge kicks out. Then Hawkins and Ryder come out. The Rated R Superstars squad. They come out just to get choke slammed into one another because that's all they do. Taker choke slams Hawkins into Ryder, I think. Edge then spears Taker, who was distracted. One, two, and no. Nope. Undertaker kicks out of Edge's spear. Meanwhile, Corderas is helped to the back. This is on the hard camera, so you see that he is he's being cared for. Yeah. Edge calls for another spear, but gets caught in unnamed submission. They haven't even named this thing, which would later be called the Hell's Gate. Yes. Edge gets trapped in it. Taps out. Taps. Taker wins in 2403. Out of all these WrestleManias, this is his first win by submission. What was he up to here? 16-0, I think? Yes. 16-0. So there you have it. Hell's Gate. I kind of wish Edge had fought a little through it more before he tapped. Yeah, it was almost like, okay, we're at the point. I'm just Let's get it over with so I can get the hell out of here. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen, like, Triple H and Lesnar fight through this thing. And just, yeah. event, I mean, Lesnar ended up flipping him off and passing out. And then. Which was great, by the way. Yeah, but, and then, yeah. Uh, was it the one we saw in Atlanta or the Hell in a Cell where Triple H has the the sledgehammer and passes out? It was Atlanta. Thing? 
Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, other other superstars can fight through it, but Edge is just like, nah, I think I'll quit. <laughs> so there Give you go. Give me my money. Let me go home. I'm tired. And that ends WrestleMania 24. What did you think of the main event? The main event was good. Yeah, it was okay. I don't think it was Taker's best Mania match. No, no, no. Edge is a guy to me that is, I feel, is often very overrated. I don't... I thought in a tag team he works well. Honestly, this is this is a controversial opinion, but I think Christian's a better wrestler than Edge is. Really? Yes, I do. I think that he can do more in the ring than Edge could ever do. Edge, to me, is a lot like Cena used to be, where he's got about six or seven moves, and yeah. that's and then the rest is just punch kick. Yeah. Nothing real special. His interviewing, like his promo skills, like I talked about that promo earlier tonight where he's like, uh, he just gets a little too intense when he doesn't need to be. The stuff he did with Lita, I thought was great. When he was a rated R superstar, at the height of the rated R superstar, was his best run. Yes, um, I'm. I just think he's a little overrated uh, in the ring. A guy that came up, I mean, spent a lot of years in the WWE, so was very accustomed to that system. So not a guy that spent decades on the indie circuit. No, anything, he didn't. So. He went strictly. Oh, the pay per view overall. I thought it was actually an easier watch than WrestleMania 20, uh, even though there was a lot of shit on it. I here's my deal. It's not a better pay-per-view, but it's easier to watch. We can drop Batista Umaga. We can drop Chavo Kane. We can drop Bunny Mania. We can drop Bunny Mania. We can drop JBL Finley. So that leaves us with Floyd Money Mayweather Big Show. I'd drop Big Show May- Mayweather, too. So uh, you, uh, this I, is a three-match uh, card for you. For me, this was a three-match card. The triple threat for the WWE oh, title. Oh, four-match with the Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, Taker Edge... Flair Sean. Those are the only four matches on this entire pay-per-view worth you actually sitting down and watching. The rest of it, you have a fast-forward button for a reason. Well, I hope the WrestleMania 33 turns out differently for us. I hope us. the hell it does, too, because we'll be pissed if not. But it's it's going to... this. We need to take a break from reviewing WrestleMania. These four-hour shows are... Oh, yeah. No more WrestleManias for a while. Yeah. This was, this was strictly because we wanted to get tie it all together. Yes. We saw Lesnar and Goldberg at Mania. Now we saw the last Mania at Orlando. So now we're all caught up. Yep. Basically. We're caught with, up for this year's, for this Sunday's WrestleMania. I'm going to hold off on making my pick for the next Retro Wrestling Podcast because I plan on doing a special Saturday edition from Orlando. We will watch the... NXT pay-per-view. We'll also talk about WrestleCon and the events that we are doing on Thursday, Friday, the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that. Yes. We'll also cover anything else that goes on in Orlando yeah. that we'll be around for. Uh, retro Wrestling Podcast will be at Con. We'll be Modern Wrestling Podcast for right. uh, one day. We will be there. We will be in Orlando. And you, I'll announce my next uh, retro pick If you there. see us, give us a shout-out. Come by. Catch yep. us. It'll be hard to identify us because we don't have shirts that say Retro Wrestling Podcast. Those we'll, are in the making. We'll spray paint those. Those are in the making, like the actually. NWO. Um, those are in the making. But uh, Yeah, I need a screen printer. You know, I need I need the iron-on thing. There you go. Iron-on. Some on. good iron-on yeah. shirts. Those, yeah, those last all of two weeks. I'm sure throughout our pictures and Facebooks... If you'll you'd be like, able to ch- see where we're at, come out and check us. Yeah, I'll give you somewhat of a rundown of what we're doing. Thursday, we're going to be there from Thursday through Sunday. We're leaving on Monday. Thursday, we'll be at WrestleCon, but for the OSW Review Special, which is one of my inspirations for starting the Retro Wrestling Podcast, so you'll get to see those guys. We're going to go and pick their brain and let them pick ours and 
We're just going to show them how we're better. But proceed. I don't think that's the case. They do video. They have video editing. Right. It we're takes audio, a, their video. And so. they make, they have it, they're set up on Patreon, so they're making some scratch now, those guys. And they're Irish. They don't have the greatest referee in professional wrestling. <laughs> Good point. Then Friday we'll be at WrestleCon attending that Hall of Fame Friday night. Saturday we'll watch the NXT show. We did not get tickets to it. And then Sunday we'll be there for the big... Well, Sunday we're going to the Live Audio Wrestling Live podcast at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. And then we will go to WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals, the granddaddy of them all, where it all begins again, 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 again. And I am... You can always follow me if you don't want to follow our podcast. Uh, You can follow me, Patrick Young wrestling or patrick young on facebook give me a shout out let me know where you're at down there in orlando if by any chance you want to see where we're at send me shoot me a message send me a little link do whatever you want to do so you can catch up with us we want to see you we want to get out there here's your chance fans to get an opportunity a rare opportunity to meet the two of us. Wow, what an honor that so, really is. That I mean, is. if you're picture, graced with our presence, that alone an is. an autograph, that's, you know, well, gracing my presence alone is well worth the opportunity, but, I mean, to see you as well. You, you can know. head over to RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. That'll redirect you to our Twitter page, which is at RetroWPodcast, because Retro Wrestling Podcast is too many characters for a Twitter handle. You can also go to Retro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, False on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, uh, Downcast, anywhere you find your RSS feed for podcasts. If you're listening to this, you've already found it, so I don't know why I'm telling you that. But if you you haven't listened to us, find it. Which is going to be weird that you're saying that if they already found it. Hey, you know what? Too many concussions. Just go with it. All right. All right. So that wraps it up for this week, episode number 28 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo. Bingo. Conrad, I know you want to ask about the retirement. And, um, yeah, I just, I just uh, want to know who's that I'm very proud of because um, I'll just start out by saying I think Sean uh, asked to work with me at the retirement. Uh, I, I would have never had an opportunity um i mean I, I, they just said you're retiring <laughs> it wasn't like pick out who you want and i think sean volunteered to wrestle me and then of course the rest is history it was probably the most fun angle i ever had even though he called me old yeller and all that stuff could <laughs> 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 take you out behind the barn old yeller like <laughs> that was great columbia uh, south carolina yeah. it was tremendous yeah, well, but of course, you know, of course, I asked. I said, "Look, I've got, I've got what I think is some really good material." But you, I mean, you guys, let me know, you know, because and one of the things that look, Rick told me this story a long time ago, and, and I believe it to be true, and and so, uh, but you know, again, the business changes, and I'm just, you know, and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm never sure where you should use it, where you shouldn't use it. Sometimes, you know, you got to go against the grain and tradition and stuff like that for stuff to work. But I, I always remember you, you know, telling me that story about, uh, um, yeah, who was it? What, what, what walked across the room and smacked him and said, old oh, Wahoo, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, I remember Rick telling me a story when, you know, back in the day when they used to just sit there and cut promos and, 
Oh yeah, when, when when Wahoo smacked Valentine, Greg Valentine, yeah, yeah, Valentine was sitting there telling, you know, cutting a promo. They get back and they and call him a and call him a big fat Indian. Walked over there, smacked him right in the face, and said, "Kids, fat don't draw money." Yeah, you know, and, 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 and yeah, true and story. I've seen it all, man. Changed the promo. <laughs> yeah. Well, the same the same thing happened with uh, funny. I know Conrad knows the story. We're doing promo with same format, same bunch of guys, and I can't remember what Ole Anderson said about Jack Mulligan. <laughs> if you thought that Wahoo slapped Greg Valentine, you should have seen what Mulligan did to Ole Anderson. Man, he's still yeah. trying to find his ass in the bleachers. Good lord. <laughs> And I, well, look, that's something, but that's something you know. You said you told me that story years ago, and I can yeah. I like you know what? But there are some things, and, and then look, it dawned on me one time. Look, if somebody said you know I was whatever. I mean, of course, you know whatever. I'm, I was getting up to whatever. I was thirty nine or forty, you know. And but I'm you know wrestling somebody who's twenty five or whatever, and he, and he did the you know he did the same thing. And of course, the first time you hear it, you get, ooh, you know, it stings a little bit. But then you go, know, "Oh, heck!" I said it as a young guy. But then, I'll, but and, and then I, but I just said, "Look." And I, so I, I, I never, you know, I, I never stopped anybody from cutting the promo. All I did was when he was done, I said, "Look," and I just want you to think about this because, you know, and I told him the story that Rick told me, and mm-hmm. I said, "Look, just something to think about is that always know where you're sort of going with this stuff." I said because when everything's said and done, I said, ultimately in this angle. You know what I mean? Because I'm going on yeah. to work with so-and-so. I'm going over. So you sit there, you're going to call me an old man, and that's fine, and I don't mind. But you got to understand, I'm going to kick you and I'm beating you. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. when you, you know, hey. always know where you're going because you're about to get beat by an old man. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> of it is, if, if you think about it, that, that is, if you can't find better material than you're an old man, you, you're not much on the stick anyway. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm talking about just that in, why, in a random interview. That, right. And, and that is, like I said, that is why I, I asked you about it, because I didn't want it to be, it wasn't, it wasn't, old wasn't the stress, it wasn't the No, point. no, but it was point, great. Can, I wasn't saying it because I was well, upset. But, I loved it. No, no. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying, but I think it's just, a, well, again, to me, this, this speaks to, you know, the, the simplistic psychology as opposed to what I think is, Good psychology, which I always felt like I've had, which is it wasn't about being old. It was about the fact that, you know, somebody that loved that dog when, you know, had, because they loved him so much, he had to get him behind the shed and kill him. And that's what it was. It was a mercy killing. And that was the difference. So, you know, for me, you know, the, all the old yellow stuff in that promo was more about, you know, love. Which again, I always go back and I always try to, I always tell people, look, I mean, you have to understand that the, the retirement match with Rick, I said, you know, people always look at me like I got, you know, two heads because they don't understand that for me, it was a love story. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. And they always look at me like, oh my goodness, this kid's just, this guy's just out for lunch for God's sake. But, uh, you know, I told the story about how I woke up in the middle of the night and I started writing it down and I just started weeping on the paper. And, and again, so that's where... Even the even the promos going up to it, you know, and, and the old the other stuff. Again, it was about, you know, it was about someone being put into a position that they did not envy, and they were going to have to do something and put it into something that they didn't want to put it into. And the reason they didn't want to put it into it is because, you know, that person, that everything about that meant so much to them. And again, that's that's the conflict 
that HBK and the character were going through, or was going through, in, in the whole in the in the in the whole storyline with Rick, and that's what made it so uh, for me uh, enjoyable to do. Because and especially if you knew, like Rick stated earlier, they didn't give him a choice. You know, they said, "Look, you're retired. <laughs> that's that." Well, no, but, but you know, and, and, but it, and, and it did bother him, and, it, and 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 so the weeks going up to it and stuff like that, he was emotional, and and, and again, so all of that that whole thing yeah, it was very real. 